And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome, folks, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live and by archive as well. That's on our YouTube channel. Links to each audio and video broadcasting venue can be found on our home base on the internet at hagmanandhagman.com. You know, speaking about this, folks, don't forget, we have two separate websites. Actually, three. Now, now pay attention because this is important. One for the show, which is hagmanandhagman.com. One for news and information. That's hagmanreport.com. And then the third is, is, um, my little area on the internet. And that's homelandsecurityus.com. Uh, but bookmark Hagman and Hagman. Uh, dot com as well as HagmanReport.com. Bookmark both, folks. Um, Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator, researcher, and most importantly, my son, Joe Hagman. Together, we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. Before we get started on tonight's broadcast, I want to make sure everyone knows, oh, it's getting so close to Valentine's Day, isn't it? Uh, it, it yes, this weekend. There's still time. Don't worry. There's still time, folks. Proflowers.com. That's Proflowers.com. Very fabulous. I mean, what a fabulous company uh, with with the fabulous and easy-to-navigate website. Go to proflowers.com and enter our code in the microphone box, Hagman. That's proflowers.com, Hagman. More on that later. Now, tonight we've got a very, very special show for you planned. I mean, folks, if you... <laughs> If you haven't seen the video that's on our official YouTube channel, oh, we got to take a look at it. You got to you got to really look at it. This is a product of our guest tonight, as well as JD from Neptune Diaries. But uh, the well, I I'll tell you what, I'm not going to get into describing it because we have the 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 man himself on tonight, Mr. Anthony Patch. Before continuing, want to remind people also. Portions of the night's broadcast also brought to you by WholeTonesAlive.com. That's WholeTonesAlive.com. Frequencies, music, healing music, the power of music, the auditory senses, tickling the auditory senses. No, I'm not talking about politics. No, 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 no. Not political candidates tickling your ears. No, we're talking about healing music and uh, music that reduces anxiety, stress, and all sorts of all the bad things while elevating the good feelings and that's wholetonesalive.com you can support our broadcast visit wholetonesalive.com there you can download samples of their music and uh, uh, I, I, I've just heard so many good things and we use it here at the office and in the studios that's wholetonesalive.com well Joe it's uh, another night the, tonight is going to be fantastic I, I believe mm-hmm. so it is going to be a ahead. great night tonight we are joined by Mr. Anthony Patch. And folks, if you're unfamiliar with Anthony Patch, he is a previous guest of this show and he does great exposing, explaining, and getting into CERN, what CERN is, and 
what they are doing, what they're up to, and why they are doing what they're doing. His website is, and let me pull it up here, anthonypatch.com. That's anthonypatch.com. Bookmark that site for his latest uh, videos, articles, as well as uh, the ability to download his ebooks. And uh, it's a great site to to uh, to have there and check daily, as he's got his fingertips on the pulse of CERN. He's got a large hydrogen collider that we find in CERN, Switzerland, that so many people uh, talk about so often, yet know so little about. Um, with that, Mr. Patch, we're just going to turn it over to you and, and let you start where you want to start tonight. Well, thank you, Joan. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate the uh, invitation to come back and visit with you again. A lot of new topics have popped up, uh, not just CERN, but uh, antimatter and all kinds of occult nefarious things happening with the Super Bowl and there's just a lot that's coming together what I like to call the coalescence of topics that are falling under the large umbrella of disclosure and perhaps we can go into that tonight yeah indeed let's do that you know right before or earlier today author uh, Maria Canis uh, had sent me an email saying, you know, I noticed on the cover of the 2015 Economist, the um, the year, not 2016, not 2015, picture of the Cheshire Cat, Alice in Wonderland, and you know, could that be uh, musings? Could that could that be uh, uh, where certain hidden things, unseen things, suddenly become seen? And I thought that was a rather interesting observation. We know that uh, just because it was on the 20, 2015 cover, we know that the um, the powers that operate behind the scenes, they operate by objective, not by dates. So something to, to think about and consider. Now, um, yeah, there's so much. You, you guys did a great job, folks. Go to the official, um, our official YouTube channel. Take a look at the video that uh, Mr. Patch did, as well as JD, the collaborative, collaborative effort on this video. And go to anthonypatch.com as well for the information and for additional videos. But, man knocked my socks off when I saw that. Um, <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. Well, I, credit goes to J.D. I mean, really, he's the talented one. I just feed him some information, and he runs with it. And he understands the physics. He understands the occult. He understands the uh, cultural implications of what's going on in mainstream media. So he really has his finger on the pulse as well. And, yeah, a lot of people know me by CERN, but I really delve into a lot of the areas in science, from DNA to transhumanism to, um, boy, you almost you can name the topic, and I've covered it in over 300 hours of interviews just in the past year. And I'm not trying to puff myself up. I'm just trying to let people know that there is a wealth of information out there, not only that I'm presenting, but you guys are doing a great job of presenting with your guests as well. And I think this is the leading show in terms of providing factual, hard-hitting information that people can really use. And I try to keep my answers fairly short, so I'll stop. <laughs> well, no need to do that. We don't, as listeners know and viewers know, we don't like to talk over our guests and, and give our guests plenty of uh, latitude and room to, to explore into each, uh, explore the topics. And, and that's what we're going to do tonight because you have uncovered and provided and identified a lot of information about CERN, about the telescope. You know, m maybe we could begin here, if you don't mind. The video that you and JD did, Disclosure, mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really tongue-tied we when it comes to asking the questions. Talking about this before the show, yeah. the in the video, there is a it shows the uh, a new type of telescope or a new way of, of assembling the telescope that is different from the Galileo model of right. telescopes. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that, number one, and number two, are, you know, you want to talk about this? Walk me through this, because I'm not sure I understand the technology or what in the world I was looking at. I, I Could it be an artifact of just the, the concave or convex uh, placement of the lenses? Well, that would be the first... I think reaction when you look at the images that are captured on a standard um, single reflex lens camera. This is a binocular or a dual telescope uh, that has been set up, and they're fairly small. I mean, they're just, you know, things that you can carry around yourself. We're not talking about an observatory like Mount Graham in Arizona, but we'll get to that in a moment. But um, this is a project, and, you know, in the past you've heard me talk about the Thunderbolts project in terms of the electric universe. Well, this is a similar name in the sense it's called Thunder Energies Corporation. So, you know, a little synchronicity going on with the names there. But Thunder Energies uh, is out of Florida, and Dr. Santilli is the chief scientist at Thunder Energies Corporation, and he's the one who has been doing... I would say about 50 years of research into antimatter itself and has developed his own mathematical language, which is a complete departure from the standard model of uh, mathematical language of trigonometry and that sort of thing that is used in uh, standard physics, standard science today to write out the theorems and the um, formula that we typically see in science. He has a different form of mathematics that describes antimatter. And as he postulates or puts forward in his construct, he describes mathematically antimatter by not simply putting a negative sign in front of the standard model mathematics and calling it good. He's actually come up with a whole new language of mathematical formula and um, symbols. So, with that said, he has also developed a new form of telescope. These use convex lenses. In other words, the surface dips down towards the center of the lens as opposed to a Galileo version, which are convex lenses. And in the video that we have up, it also shows the graphics that we have um, borrowed from the, uh, the Thunder Energies Corporation, and I'm sure they don't mind us giving them a plug, but it represents how this telescope is operating. Now, what they're showing in the camera are actually streaks of black, streaks of darkness, as opposed to streaks of light. And if you were to go to their website, thunderenergiescorporation.com, or thunderenergies-let me back up, thunder-energies.com, you'll see the same graphics that we used in the video. Um, we're in a Galileo or typical telescope. You're seeing streaks of light on a photographic image. In this case, we're seeing streaks of darkness, and they could be assigned as artifact when you first look at them. But I really dug into his curriculum vitae, and this gentleman is a upstanding scientist. Hundreds and hundreds of published articles in journals. 
several books that he has put out, I'd say at least a dozen, awards all over the place. And yet, philosophically, he is counter. He is going against the mainstream science world. And, of course, that fits with his study of antimatter and sort of a, you know, graphical representation. But philosophically, he's really trying to uncover what the mainstream science world is trying to cover up. And he has actually filed um, lawsuits against other scientists who have tried to, you know, slander his name and deny him funding in, in the grants process. But the long and short of it is this gentleman is on his own path of research. He is not hamstrung by mainstream science. He is looking outside the box. He is changing the paradigm of what we're looking at in the universe. And he has, just late last year, actually with thorough vetting and thorough peer review, has proven that he has detected antimatter, and he, as he calls them, antimatter entities. And I'll stop there. All right. So antimatter entities. Yeah. Uh, and folks watching on YouTube can see the video embedded running in the background. And this is what we're talking about. Um, but you have to, folks, you, you got to go listen to it. Yeah, Joe, I mean, when I looked at this, oh, antimatter entities. entities. And, and you provide a, a description or a definition of entities. Yeah. And, wow, I didn't realize. I mean, go ahead. And you, and you said that there were two type of entities um, yeah. that were shown by this antimatter, one of a type of light and one that is dark. Can you get into that and explain that a little bit more? Yeah, in their photographic images, not only are they seeing dark streaks, but they're actually seeing um, light and dark objects that are moving on the photographic film. Now, I haven't seen any video images, but they are showing and they're publishing still images. I'm sure they're capturing video as well, but um, they are able to, and in some of their more scientific journal papers, they have been able to actually quantify what these entities are, uh, how they're presenting themselves in the sense of they are not emitting light. What they're actually doing to varying degrees, and therefore whether they're dark or light, in varying degrees they are annihilating matter. So as we've always heard from Star Trek, that if you you know bring matter and antimatter together, they destruct one another, they annihilate. Well, when that happens, there is energy released. This is very similar to a nuclear um, fission, not a fusion, but a fission type of reaction where you're seeing the splitting of atoms and then energy is released in the form of photons and gamma rays and, and uh, alpha and beta rays. But anyway, the point is they're light and dark because of the energy levels that they give off depending on the type of annihilation and the type of material that they're encountering causing that annihilation. But this is a whole new form of physics. This, the thing that is so important is that not only are we saying, hey, it appears that by definition they're seeing ghosts or spirits. I mean, that's monumental enough to say you can see spirits with a telescope. But to actually prove that there is antimatter that 
perhaps, now he doesn't go to that, I'm making the leap, but if he's defining it as an entity, it is possible that it's intelligent. And therefore we step into the world of woo, in which people talk about gray matter and black goo, that other folks have been talking about that is intelligent, according to the theories. We may be on the cusp of seeing antimatter defined as an intelligent goo, so to speak. That's not very technical, but that's the nomenclature that people kick around out there. I get it. <laughs> All right, now this might sound really far out, and this is from personal experience, and I don't know how many others out there may have uh, come across this. I call them oilies. Now, sometimes at, at night, I will see, it's almost like shadows flying around, but like real close to you. They can lay almost like a, I remember one time I thought one was going to hit me. I had to move. And then people out there might think I'm hallucinating or, you know, stayed up too many nights in a row or that whatever. Aside. <laughs> uh, but this happened on more than one occasion. And I've talked to my wife and explained this to her many times and, and as well as other people. And it, it's almost like ghosts, you would think, but you can't, there, there's no real, uh, definitive shape. It's, like I said, it's like a, a glob of oil flying through the sky yeah. in any sort of direction, like bats, you know, avoiding things uh, from hitting, uh, avoiding themselves from hitting things. Um, is that kind of sound like what this possibly could be? Some type of, like you said, you intelligent, uh, and I don't even know if that would be considered antimatter. Uh, uh yeah, it sounds but, sort of uh, like the Dark Man stories. Okay. You know, the Dark okay. Man stories is what it, 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 it sounds similar to, or maybe even the Men in Black, the, the original Men in Black definition. But I think where we're going with the antimatter is more akin to the stories of black goo. And we've seen that represented in things like the X-Files and other movies and TV shows. And there's even of late been discussion of the gray goo, and some of that's even been related to CERN. You know, my area of, of primary study, the gray goo being produced in the form of strangelets or the quark gluon condensate or the uh, quark plasma that is produced at certain energy levels by the particle collider. So I'm beginning to see that there's some crossover in my areas of research. Uh, I think Dr. Santilli has hit upon something legitimate uh, again, it's been thoroughly vetted and peer-reviewed, his research and his findings and his evidence. And one of the crossovers I'd like to step into that this video presents is a connection to the Vatican and their Lucifer yes. telescope. And you guys are very familiar with that. You're familiar with Tom Horn and Chris Putnam and all of the work and DVDs that they've done. And I, I applaud those gentlemen. Um, not stepping away from their work at all. I think this builds upon their work and their research and their, their revelations of what's going on at Mount Graham. But specifically to what Dr. Santilli is doing, because he's using a binocular, a dual telescope array, it's, a, it's not hard to make the leap to the large binocular telescope near infrared utility with camera and integral field unit for extragalactic research. That's a mouthful. Otherwise known as Lucifer. And that's the dual telescope arrangement 
at the Vatican Observatory on Mount Graham in Tucson, Arizona, that Tom Horn has talked a great deal about and presented in his shows. I think there's a, a correlation, and this is what I think it is. I think that the Vatican, for well over 10 years, has been observing antimatter entities, the same that Dr. Santilli has been viewing in his much smaller telescopes. And thus, I think Dr. Santilli is revealing to us part of the hidden agenda that is involved with the larger program, the larger umbrella that we can throw over a lot of areas to science, and that umbrella is disclosure. Wow. All right. Uh, with respect to the Santilli telescope, we'll just call it that if you don't mind. Yeah. Was was this telescope, I mean, the normal telescope has a different lens configuration, mm -hmm. opposite of what this is, obviously. As you as you point, point out, this has got a um, an opposite lens configuration and a binocular kind of a format, if you will. Yeah. My, my first question when I saw this, and maybe others have the same question, is was this telescope built with this intent or objective in mind to capture what it did capture, or was this just a serendipitous kind of event? The technical aspects of the telescope were purposeful. The outcome was serendipitous, and I'll explain that. And from because uh, Dr. Santilli, and we have him quoted in our video, explains that initially the telescopes were intended for looking out into the cosmos to look at distant galaxies, to actually observe galaxies and asteroids that were composed primarily of antimatter or exclusively of antimatter. In other words, these were invisible to a standard um, satellite or Earth-based terrestrial telescope using convex Galileo design telescopes. So he was looking for the invisible out in the cosmos. One of the nights in which they were attempting their observations uh, in Florida, uh, the cloud cover obscured their view, and therefore they lowered the elevation on the telescopes down to almost a near horizontal configuration and that's when they found these images when they developed their film on their camera and they repeated this several times different locations different elevations or I should say elevations of the telescope in terms of its angle but always at sea level they wanted a base reference of elevation in terms of keeping the telescope at a um, sea pressure, a sea level elevation for atmospheric pressure and consistent um, distortion that they could um, account for. In other words, you're looking at background images and you want to have the same environment that you're looking at from observation to observation so that you're not changing that background environment appreciably. Therefore, they could look at the new um, items that they were seeing by filtering out a known background from a known elevation. Anyway, with all that said, yes, they developed this purposefully to look for antimatter, and they found it. 
Okay. Now, uh, another thing about the, or that was in the, in the video uh, that you had just released was not only that when the telescope was placed, uh, because of the cloud cover, it was placed uh, over the, the, the cities, that these entities were working or uh, specifically hovering over military installations? Yeah, that's not my statement. That comes from the good doctor himself. Now, he doesn't elaborate in the particular interview that we've observed. There may be other areas in which he's elaborated this, but, yeah, that does bring on the discussion of intelligent life forms because if they are observing us and targeting certain areas like military and scientific installations, then they are definitely doing that in a purposeful manner. This is not random. Again, er everything that we're presenting has been peer-reviewed. And so when they make the statement that this is observing, these entities are observing, that too has been thoroughly vetted. And I think, uh, Mr. Patrick, I think it would be important for for us to point out um, our position with respect to this. Uh, By the way, folks, those watching on our YouTube channel. If you tune in right now, the video that we're referencing is now being played in, in a larger format. And Mr. Patch is uh, the gentleman behind this video, as well as JD from Neptune Diaries, both responsible for this well-done video. Now, my question to you, um, or my statement, I guess, and, and I'll ask you for your input on this. What I believe we're seeing, and I think you made it clear numerous times, and you've been on our show and, and, and the video and such, we are looking not at aliens like space aliens, but interdimensional beings, which is consistent with Tom Horn's, Chris Putnam's, Steve Quayle, consistent with their their assertions and findings. Is that what you are saying as well? Well, I will say this. I believe that Dr. Santilli is being truthful and factual. He does not mention interdimensional aspects to these entities in his presentation. I think he is seeing entities that exist within our realm of existence, within our dimension. Based upon what he has presented I will say that he is not looking at interdimensional entities. Is he looking at spiritual entities? Because he's purposefully using the word entity and defining it as an entity which is also defined as a ghost or a spirit. Now, if we want to make the leap, and I'll say this, if we can say that spirits can move from one dimension to another, that ghosts come from another dimension that we don't with our senses interact with on a normal regular daily basis then I personally and I'm not saying the doctor saying this or you two guys but I will say that it's not hard to make that leap to say that we are seeing entities coming from another dimension can I prove that with scientific facts which is what I base all of my statements on unless I say it's conjecture or it's you know my own imagination but when I present scientific information I present it from journals and it's cross-referenced and vetted so if I'm 
making my own conclusion here that he is looking at an interdimensional entity or multiple entities. I'll accept that, obviously. Um, yeah. So, looking at the bigger picture, a view from what I like to say, cruising altitude here at what we're seeing and what you've what you've put together in your research, the disclose and, and well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but what I look at this as is, is the entire human race is being prepped for some sort of announcement. And what's always bothered me, and I've asked Tom Horn this privately and outside of the interviews, why in the world would the Vatican have a, a telescope? You know, I mean, give me the real deal. Give me the real scoop here, Tom. I mean, give me the, you know, t- tell me. And, and the information has disturbed me, you know, from this. And we're, we're, this is not a scholarly, um, their approach is not necessarily scholarly, although I'm not solely scholarly or um, if you know what I mean, it's, it's they have an agenda, and I think that agenda is. Um, I want to be careful how I say this. I, the element of deception is there, and mm-hmm. you know, um, well, help me out of my box here, uh, Mr. Pack. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I I think you're you're exactly right. What is going on here in the greater scheme of things is to obfuscate, to cover up. To deny us the truth. Now, X Files always talk about, you know, you know, the truth is out there. Well, it is, and I think the powers that be, however you want to define that, will go to great lengths to try to hide the truth from us. And in the case of if we're talking about ITEs, invisible terrestrial entities, and if we're talking about what the Vatican is doing with their telescope, I think. Well, well along for many years, the Vatican has been looking at the same invisible terrestrial entities and I think also at things like Planet X and other incoming objects. And they well know that our planet will be struck. They know that we're being visited, that we're being monitored, and that they are covering all of this up. Part of it is to you know, keep us in the dark so that we don't panic sort of a thing, but the other is to maintain control over us. And it goes back to the priesthood of not only in, you know, the the various uh, religions of the world and theologies of the world, but the priesthood of the scientific community itself. To maintain power and control over the masses, you deny them the information, you deny them the education, you deny them the truth. So this disclosure project is formulated in such a way as to hide the truth. They are going to, and I'll cut to the chase here, as I like to do, they li- they will, in disclosure, say that we are being visited and have been visited by intelligent entities who, in fact, are, as I describe them, the benevolent ancestors from the stars. I think that the disclosure will be that they are saying our ancestors have come here to rescue us from ourselves, to solve all of the world's problems. And we need to turn ourselves over to these ancestors, follow their lead, follow their technology, do whatever we're told, because they are benevolent. And it is quite the opposite. There is nothing benevolent 
about what is about to come upon this earth. Interesting. And as well consistent with the findings of the gentleman I referenced earlier. Okay. Wow. Um, how long? And I, I, I know the answers to these questions, but we, we're getting so many actual email questions right now. A lot of people are hearing this information, believe it or not, for the first time. Mm. Um, how, how long um, has this telescope existed? The, the one that you're referencing here in the video, the mm-hmm. Santilli telescope, how long has that been around? How long has that been operational? Well, it's new to me, and so I cannot say definitively how long it's been around. It appears to be a recent, uh, let's call it invention, development. I think that Dr. Santilli has been researching along these lines for as long as 50 years, according to what I found in his curriculum today. The telescope itself, I have not um, actually looked to see how long it's been in development and in its final form. So. I would guess it's probably been five years just to put a, you know, a guess to it. All right. Well, I appreciate that. You, because, as I said, a lot of people are tuning into this broadcast tonight saying, wait a minute, uh, you know, I've never heard of this. Why haven't we heard of this? Um, both the tele, I mean, the telescope and also the findings. When were these images taken or equally important, mm-hmm. I suppose? How long have they been out there? Um, this, how, how long has this information been out there? Um, well, the initial announcement as to the final vetting and um, peer review process, the final outcome of that process, was around uh, September of last year that these findings were released. Now, obviously, the vetting process, the peer review, takes much longer than that. So. I think that we're looking at a process of at least two years that the information has been in the possession of the doctor and finally has been released to the general public. But, you know, it's been a controlled release, and there's not a lot of information out there other than just really the surface material that we're presenting right here today. Okay. Um, Kind of switching gears here, we have a, a question from an emailer. Uh, this is a, from Shauna, and she says, Hi, H&H family. I would love to know if CERN in any way could be used to cover up Planet X or 7X in any way. Uh, or Nibiru or whatever yeah. you know. Well, I don't think it can be covered up. I think I've received the question many times, is it perhaps going to be used as a weapon to change the trajectory, the direction of travel of Planet X as it's coming in, that perhaps this is all a wonderful tool to be used to save our planet from an incoming one. I don't believe that, and I don't believe that it's it's going to physically be able to cover up or through technology hide this incoming planet. I do believe it is coming in the near infrared spectrum. It is coming up from the southern um, equatorial region of the planet. And it is being observed by the Vatican. It is being observed by their Lucifer instruments. And that is the purpose of that Lucifer telescope, is to track this incoming planet. I don't see any indications that CERN, as a project, is being used to um, 
divert our attention away from this incoming planet as a cover-up program, so to speak, or that the technology itself can be used to visually or with any other spectrum, um, you know, spectrum of the uh, of the electromagnetic spectrum, cover up the fact that it exists. So, no, to answer the question, I, there's no application of CERN to covering up the incoming planet. All right. Yeah, we, actually, we, we get a lot of those questions about CERN and um, you know, Planet X or Nibiru, whatever you want to call it. Um, some sort of correlation between the two. Thanks for clearing that up. You know, on your website, and folks, we're talking to Mr. Anthony Patch, anthonypatch.com is his website. That's anthonypatch.com. Um, you have brought out, and I kind of want to tread backwards a little bit because I, I think this is important. Um, we are seeing, and, and I wanna, I'm looking again. I'm looking at the wide angle view here. Mm-hmm. We have seen things take place like the Super Bowl, you know, the Beyonce or whatever her name is, Beyonce <laughs> or whatever. I I can never. I I yeah. see the word. And I can't even. <laughs> you know, Lady Gaga. Yeah. It seems like all of these things kind of really um, crossing paths here. Uh, my my question is twofold. First, are we seeing the entertainment world, and whether it's the Super Bowl halftime show, the Olympic uh, you know opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, or even shows like uh, X Files, the, the, the resurgence of the X Files, are, are we seeing? Are we seeing a message being given? Are we being prepared for disclosure, number one? And number two, um, the other side of that question is, um, what are we being prepared for? What is the grand deception, or what do you believe, based on your recent uh, investigation, will be the grand deception? Yeah, we are being prepared. Many people, not only myself and, and the two of you, have talked about at length but for the benefit of those that may not have heard this subject before, um, predictive programming, if you will, mind control of the masses, has been going on through Hollywood and mainstream media for many, many years. And it started back in the 50s with the old sci-fi, you know, the B-movie, flying saucers and aliens and all of that. This was this has been going on since the early 50s to get us ready for um, this false Revelation that's coming, the grand deception. The grand deception is, as I said, that our, we are in the theory of um, panspermia or the theory that we are descendants from uh, an advanced race of aliens that perhaps look just like us, perhaps have the same DNA. But the point is that there is a race somewhere out there in the cosmos that started our life form that started the human race and they're coming back to visit us they're coming back to visit us because they're concerned that we're going to destroy ourselves and so they're going to save us the deception is that this is the original lie coming from the Garden of Eden the original lie specifically was that if you partake of the tree of knowledge you shall be as gods that you will achieve immortality This folds into discussions that I've had with you guys about DNA, transhumanism. Tom Horn's, you know, gone into great depth about that, and I applaud him for that. Um, The point here is that the deception is that you will be as gods if you 
follow what these ancestors from the stars will guide us to and tell us, and, in fact, that we have been in communication with these ancestors before their arrival. And that communication has provided us with all of these advancements in technology that we're seeing today, such as the Large Hadron Collider, changes in DNA research, GMO foods, genetic modification, as well as creating new life forms, biological life forms from scratch, from the building block amino acids. And there's a whole other discussion right there that I've gone into many, many times. But the point here is that we are going to be fooled. They're going to try to fool us into believing that whoever these ancestors are that will manifest, and we'll get into how they will be manifest, how they'll present themselves, but they're going to try to fool us into believing that we have to be fo- we have to follow whatever we're being told by these benevolent ancestors. And these are not benevolent, as I said. These are demonic entities. These are purely from hell. This is Satan's agenda. This is Satan's plan. Satan is behind all of this, including CERN. When we talk about the occult, when we talk about the halftime ceremonies and the occult rituals that take place there, this is all coming from Satan. This is the year of light until September of this year. This is the this is Lucifer's year. Lucifer's year is the year of deception. And I better stop there and let you jump in. Lucifer's year. When you say this is the year, do you mean literally 2016 is the year, or are you just talking about a time period era that we're in? Yeah, I I dislike it when people um, profess to know a date (laughs) or a time or a year. And I will not step into that either. And I know what you're saying, but I'm just reflecting the fact that they call this the year of light. And we know that Lucifer, you know, he is the light and the Illuminati. Is it, is disclosure going to happen this year? I don't know, but it sure looks like there's a coalescing of events, mainstream media, programming, science, revelations in science that are coming out. I mean, I'm being flooded with revelations in science that are being revealed now that have been hidden for 50-plus years. Even in the X-Files, they said this has been hidden for 70 years. Well, there's been a lot of technology that's been hidden that right now is flooding into the mainstream media. It's being revealed this year. A lot is coalescing this year. And is the grand disclosure, are the aliens, so to speak, going to show up this year? You know, I won't be pinned down to say that, but it just might happen that way. Who knows? Look look at the evidence, I guess, is what you're saying, and I love your approach to this because I think that that's a, that's a, this is how we have to approach everything with sobriety, with intellectual reason. You know, we cannot, we're, we are not in control of the schedule of the, the uh, those members of the secret society and the powers that, control everything, nor are we in control of the timing of prophetic events, the Bible prophecy. God's in charge of that. Uh, the dark, people on the dark side are in charge of their schedule. So uh, I, I like this. I mean, you're presenting the facts as, as you see them in your investigative findings as you develop them. So this is all good. This is great. All right. Mr. Patch, we have a 
Another question from a listener. This is from Rob. And uh, this is unfamiliar to me. I have not heard of this. They're asking if uh, if Anthony has any information on the CEPC or circular electron uh, posi- positron collider, seven times Posit- stronger than CERN. Yeah, the positron. positron. Seventeen miles around, producing millions of Higgs instead of LHC hundreds of Higgs. Yeah. Are they referring to the um, project that's slated to break ground in China? I'm is not it, sure. Is he? Is he? Maybe you can email him back. But I think he's talking about the um, the large project that is about to break ground in China that will be about 20 times more powerful. If we're talking about tera electron volts and peta electron volts, uh, more power than the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. Now, the purpose of that machine we can talk about, but yes, there is another project slated. It's kind of like the the Super Collider that was slated to be built in the United States, in Texas, which was, uh, you know, they broke ground, they built some tunnels, they didn't really do anything, and they shut it all down, they cut the funding. Um, This is the advancement of that. This follows in the pattern of what started with Dr. Lawrence, at uh, UC Berkeley, my alma mater, and started with the Bevatron, Cyclotron, Synchrotron, now the Large Hadron Collider. It's always bigger and bigger and bigger, more powerful machines. But I don't think that project is going to see the light of day. And I'm going to give you a new piece of information here today. I think they're done. I think they're finished. I don't believe even the advance... Uh, projects of changing over to niobium titan, or excuse me, niobium tin magnets, which will increase the power of the existing LHC. I don't believe they're even going to go there. I think that they are done. I think that they have achieved what they set out to achieve. All the rest of it that's on the drawing boards is nothing more than jobs programs. It's nothing more than the continual movement of the military industrial complex, its own inertia. It can't get out of its own way. It continues with funding and projects and industry that's so tied into all of these projects, building all of the machinery, the detectors, etc. But I really believe that the LHC at CERN has achieved what they wanted to achieve and they're done. That's not really reassuring, I guess, you know, when you hear that. And I, and on balance, when I look at the information, again, your research findings, the things you put forth, and look at the landscape of events taking place, I, I kind of have to agree with you, not on the technical aspects or the scientific aspects, because I don't know, but certainly on the social end of things, I guess on the um, programming, if you will. So it makes sense to me. Um, wow. And I just want to remind everyone that if you would like to, um, go to, uh, go to hagmanandhagman.com and there you'll find a contact us form that goes directly to our studio and we will interject, we will weave in your questions with the questions we have, uh, to Mr. Anthony Patch, who's our guest, anthonypatch.com. That's anthonypatch.com. Visit, bookmark his website, a lot of great information. And uh, wow, I'm I'm just 
you know, it's just a, a fine uh, person sent me a, uh, three letters, W-O-W, and, and had done so much calligraphy in the, in the letters. It was just, <laughs> uh, I, I have it on my office because I find myself saying wow a lot. And, and this stuff is really wow, you know. I mean, <laughs> all right. Uh, where do you want, where to next? I mean, because rather than get off on some maybe tangent that would be difficult to bring us back, we got about eight minutes or six minutes before the top of the hour. Where to, what can we talk about in six minutes that we, we can address perhaps the loose ends that we opened yeah. up during the first hour? Well, I think that it's important that people understand that we're not fear mongering. And I appreciate the fact that you have a broad scope of guests that you bring on board your program, your investigative reports. And so you have the ability to lend that bigger perspective, that higher view than I do, because I really am so entrenched in looking at physics and DNA and those areas of research that I don't see the popular culture as much as you guys do, and you have the benefit of scientific information from other disciplines coming at you, from Stan Dale, from the Tom Horns, etc. So feel free, please, to add in what you're seeing that is coming down the funnel of information. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm misguided. Tell me if I'm jumping the gun in thinking that there is a lot coming together this year that perhaps is reaching a critical mass, sorry for the pun, but reaching a critical <laughs> mass here this year. And, and again, I don't want to be pinned down to just this year. There's a possibility that something, you know, on the Day of Atonement, so to speak, in September of next year may come to pass. There's been a lot of discussion about that. But, again, we're not here to cause fear. Um, these are frightening things. It's a, it's frightening just to look at the the Large Hadron Collider itself, the, the the scale of that thing, and what it does, and the power that it it produces. But you know, Jesus Christ is in control here. God's in control. This is His plan. He's allowing these things to take place in due course, according to His timeline. And whatever that timeline is, we're not privy to, but we can see the hints. And that's what we're doing here is providing hints. We're uncovering things that have been hidden away, um, not to produce fear, but this is a call to Jesus Christ, quite frankly. This is like, okay, if you want something to look at this physical that represents evil, take a look at CERN. Look at that machine and tell me that that's not there for evil purposes. They even talk about wanting to open an interdimensional doorway, a portal into other dimensions and to communicate with entities on the other side. This comes out of CERN's own public relations office. This doesn't come out of, you know, my imagination. But hmm. that's where people have to stop and say, okay. If what you guys are saying is real and tangible and physical evidence and facts, then I guess maybe it's time that I stop and assess what I'm doing in my life and decide whether I'm going to go with Jesus Christ or if I'm going to go with Satan because there's no gray area. And quite honestly, there's very little time left. How much? I don't know. 
but it's obvious that we're coming to a critical point in the history of the human race. And people have got to get with the program, and they've got to get with Jesus Christ. And I'll get off my podium here for a moment. Well, amen to that, Mr. Patch, because we are seeing a separation um, amongst the world and amongst believers, uh, people of the world being converted to believers of Jesus Christ and uh, people of the church, you know, backing away uh, as other members of the church are, are becoming on fire for the Lord. And there is a separation. And especially in Revelation, the Lord talks about the indifference of those uh, people that he would rather have them be hot or cold than indifferent. And because they're indif- indifferent and lukewarm, that he will spew them out of their mouth. And the Lord is bringing together those of his elect and is separating the wheat from the tares, as it says in the parable of Matthew 13. And I believe we're seeing an increased or accelerated um, separation. Mm-hmm. People are, are uh, you know, it seems like losing their, losing their heads uh, much faster, you know, go, going off the deep end uh, of insanity, uh for reasons that you know uh, are just everyday normal problems, while other people are are gaining attributes such as patience and um, you know learning and understanding, and this has to do with what you're talking about. You're either going to serve Satan or you're going to serve uh, Jesus Christ, and that is the uh, decision that we're all going to have to make, or the, the Lord will make it for us because uh, He's not <laughs> going right. to allow. Um, us to sit on the sidelines as this final battle um, continues to unfold. And, uh, folks, we are, we're coming up against the break. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Tonight, our guest is Mr. Anthony Patch, and I call him the, the expert on CERN. Uh, his website is anthonypatch.com. That's anthonypatch.com. Joe, I, I, anthonypatch.com. I'm sorry, I yeah. interrupted you. Talk right over you. And, okay. and I always get emails saying, you know, you shut your mouth, Doug. I, but he reminds me of the guy on X, the original X Files, the cigarette smoking guy without, you know, minus the cigarette. Cancer guy? Yeah, whatever. But, but just the, you know, giving that information. Uh, not, not, not the persona necessarily, but the, the source giving that information. That's kind of what Anthony Patch, who Anthony Patch reminds me of in the character setting. Uh, I didn't mean to degrade it. sound degrading. That was not meant to degrade. Sorry, go on. No, that's okay. We are, with that, we're up against the top of the hour break. Folks, we'll be right back with Anthony Patch for our number two. Right after this, stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, folks, to this hour. This segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report, our very special guest, Mr. Anthony Patch, anthonypatch.com. 
bookmark that site, uh, visit the site. It's an extremely informative website. Also, he's got uh, he's got some uh, interesting books. I was looking at these books, and uh, if you go to download ebooks, very compelling. Uh, 2048 Diamonds in the Rough, for example, it's a science fiction novel, 118 pages. It's it's um, where truth and hidden science collide at CERN. Very interesting, exciting adventure story comprised of leading-edge, thought-provoking science. Have a look at that. Also, on his website as well, have a look at the uh, unique identifiers, Anthony Patch, unique identifiers, and quotes. This is something we, we threatened to do with Steve Quayle. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, Mr. Patch has really taken this to, to a very interesting level. Before we get back to Mr. Patch, I just want to remind everybody out there, hey, Valentine's Day, four days from now, it's this weekend, it's this Sunday, that's right. Shh, don't yeah. tell my wife. Uh, well, yeah, I know. Hide the calendars, right? That works. <laughs> now, you know what? If you're tired of guessing on what she wants, your, your wife or your mom, I, I mean, guys, how great would it be if you still have a mom who's alive? How great would it be to give her the gift of flowers? Let's think of your mom out there. Those lucky enough to have moms still in their lives. You know, I kind of wish I, my mom was still alive because I, I, I definitely would give her flowers. She used to love flowers. And, but this Valentine's Day, folks, trust the experts at Pro Flowers who give you the confidence that Valentine's Day is done right. Well, and, thanks, Dad. Yeah. I ordered flowers from Pro Flowers for my wife yesterday. There you go. Now I'm going to have to go back and get some for my mom. There you go. See, <laughs> it's the guilt. Tr- no, it's no, not. You just reminded me. It's all, You know, moms love flowers. And all women love flowers, even when they say, no, don't give me flowers, don't give me flowers. Don't fall for that, folks. Pro Flowers is offering our listeners two dozen assorted roses, plus a free glass vase for just twenty nine ninety nine. Now, you can really be a hero, and I do suggest this because I got this for my wife. Just because, in fact, she got it yesterday. Yeah, it's you know? beautiful. Yeah, you the know. The vase is beautiful. That's right. And, and it's... Uh, a present in its, in its own with it's, with little roses on it. It's uh, it's it's a cherry red vase. It's just gorgeous, you know. And chocolates for just nine ninety nine more, folks. Go to proudflowers dot com. Use our code Hagman. That's our code Hagman. H A G M A N N. That's proflowers dot com. Use our code Hagman, folks. Don't wait, guys. Don't wait. Send them to her right now. When. For example, when her coworkers gather around and look at her flowers, oh, you know, and and when they start gushing and saying, oh, how great is that? You know, you did Valentine's Day right. Pro flowers, they're quick, they're easy. Delivery for Valentine's Day is guaranteed. Pro flowers, they're guaranteed to last seven days or your money back. It's really a no-brainer. You can't beat the price. You can't beat the convenience. Their website is easy to navigate. It's so easy. If I can do it. And if others I know can do it, Eric, um, you know, actually, Eric said, if I can do this, if Joe can do it, yeah. on air yesterday. Yeah. Well, you should have seen that. I was (laughs) smacking them too. But anyway, look, you get, they do all the work. You get the glory. So go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right hand corner and type in Hagman. That's proflowers.com microphone box. Type in our code Hagman. Don't wait. Order today. Folks, the, the deal I spoke of expires Friday. So, Go now, go now. Well, not right this second. We got to finish talking to Mister Patch. But again, what, what a what a wonderful gift and the aroma of fresh flowers. You can't beat that. Mister Patch is on. Joe, you can uh, open yeah. it up here. Uh, in, in fact, you know what? Can, can I can I ask? 
Um, well, go ahead, Joe, because I think we're on the same path here, or the same path of question here. Yeah, we were looking at Mr. Patch's website, uh, anthonypatch.com, during the break, and as we were, we were talking with Mr. Patch, <clears throat> and I was reading something uh, earlier before the show started that he brought up during the break, and that is, uh, it's actually, I think, the top article on his website, uh, which it, it <laughs> quotes Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through yep. 54, yep. and it says, Jesus Christ is both a wave and a particle. Mr. Patch, could you explain this? And how is that biblical? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is biblical. Um, if we if we think of the encounter of the um, disciples in the in the fishing boat, and they see Jesus Christ walking on water, um, that essentially is Jesus Christ as a wave, and I don't mean a water wave, but an energy wave, a spirit, a ghost, if you will, moving across the top of the water. And then when he comes to the boat itself and manifests himself in physical form as a solid being, he's now a particle. So it's biblical. Hmm. The Bible is is replete with advanced science. Mm -hmm. God laid out the plan in the Bible. And if scientists throughout the years had paid more attention, including Newton, Galileo, and others like him, had spent more time in the Bible, they would have had even more discoveries. Now, Newton was a reader of the Bible. He was a follower, a believer. And he did come to many of his conclusions based upon what he found in the scriptures. But mainstream science today would benefit from reading the Bible. I would agree with yeah. you 100%, because they are not mutually exclusive. Actually, just what you just said, the Bible, if anything, proves uh, and can prove you know, the science that we see today in many ways and it will also disprove much of the science we see as well but the uh bible would be the the foundation for any young person wanting to go into science who is a believer because it will be your uh, best method of understanding what is real and what is false because we do have a false science out there that is being used to create the deceptions leading up to the great deceptions. And um, there is sound science out there, but that is you know, swept under the rug and hush-hush and, and on that. Um, and the you know, Bible is a, good, is a good roadmap. It can lead you to your uh, more definitive, more focused areas of study in science, but it is a starting point. It is... Also, the point that will give you enlightenment. It will flip on that light bulb of enlightenment, and you go, okay, now I understand what it is that God's trying to show me, that science is also trying to show me. But I like to say that, you know, prayers with Jesus Christ is quantum entanglement of our particles with him. So I'll back that up a little bit. If we accept the premise that Jesus Christ, when he manifests in physical form with us, that he's a particle, 
then in hard science, in quantum mechanics, we talk about quantum entanglement. And that means the communication of two particles separated by any distance, near or far. If you measure, if you observe one particle at a distance, another particle that is communicating with the particle that you're observing will also be affected in the same manner as the one that's right in front of you. Now, Einstein called this spooky action at a distance. Today we call it quantum entanglement. It means that there is, at the quantum level, an instantaneous, faster than the speed of light, an instantaneous form of communication between particles. So when we pray with Jesus Christ, our particles are entangled with his particles. If we're praying with Jesus Christ in physical form, we're quantum entangled. If he is a wave, an energy form, we are also quantum entangled with him. Because in hard science, in physics, in quantum mechanics, we talk about duality. And duality simply means that a particle can be an energy wave, and an energy wave can be a particle. It depends upon the observer. And we as the human beings are the observers. So the state of that matter, whether it's spiritual in the form of a wave, or a particle in the form of a physical person that we're praying with or praying to, we are communicating through quantum entanglement. So physics can describe what is going on in the Bible, and the Bible can explain what is going on in quantum physics. Fascinating. You know, Joe, and, and guys out there, guys who think you're too cool for school or you're, you're too... Uh, the Bible is antiquated, for example. And I used to think this, I mean, right up to... Uh, Five years ago, what a manly man can't you know? No, it's it's irrelevant to today. I used to look at the Bible as more of a historical book. Um, it's not that I didn't believe in it; I just looked at it as ancient history. But when you when you look at it the way Mister Patch just explained this to me, when you look at it as a a real enlightenment, I, I mean, the authoritative foundation for physics and science and and yeah, history certainly, but. It's rife with uh, physics. It's rife with the science, the this uh, uh, interdimensionality, if you will, and, and to some extent, uh, time travel. It, you know, it, it's just an amazing book when you look at it that way. So, I just want to make a mention to the guys out there: don't think, for example, that the the Bible is is antiquated. It's really not, and it's really interesting. Uh, that's just my public service announcement there. <laughs> now, well, let me give you just a real quick example of something totally bizarre. We talk about quantum computers. There's a thing called quantum tunneling. Quantum tunneling in the Bible, okay? John 20, 26. Jesus proved that it was possible to appear in a completely closed-off room to his apostles. In other words, he moved right through the walls. 
He moved right through the through the door. And he appeared in front of the apostles. That is quantum tunneling. The ability of particles to move through energy barriers, even though it appears to be impossible, according to our classical laws of mechanical physics. Now, a quantum computer uses quantum tunneling to run its programming, to derive its answers from another dimension. I've talked about, you've had me on talking about the adiabatic quantum computer, an interdimensional quantum computer. That's quantum tunneling. Well, Jesus Christ did the same thing, and he did it with his own body. <laughs> and, and there you have it, you know. There you have it, folks. We, we have a, a question, and I think it's a good question. It's a good foundational question as well. Um, this from Sandy H., who writes that she has a problem with our email, but uh, it came through fine this time. Uh, Sandy writes this, or wants to ask you this. Could these things being seen, and this references the antimatter, the telescope mm-hmm. uh, artifacts, or the not artifacts, but the uh, what was seen, and the an- perhaps antimatter entities. Yes. Okay, antimatter entities. Could they be perhaps? Could they have to do with the government, such as chemtrails and harp and other weaponry? I mean, is it is it possible mm. that 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 chemtrails and harp and these are all working together to, you know, to facilitate what we're seeing. That's a very good question. And to back up for people who don't have the background on what um, chemtrails and aerosolized spraying and and Project Bluebeam is all about, the short answer is um, I don't think that these entities that are being observed and captured on film have anything to do with Project Bluebeam or the aerosolized spraying of the atmosphere, the so-called chemtrails. I think that this is being observed beyond the atmosphere and therefore is not part of Project Bluebeam itself. Project Bluebeam will be used in the Grand Deception. Specifically, the spraying of the atmosphere has multiple agendas. One of them is to use the uh, aluminum that has been sprayed along with the strontium and the barium to create a reflective surface, much like a theater screen, that will allow for the um, photorealistic projection of images throughout the world. And these will be images of Jesus, Buddha, Shiva, whomever around the planet, and also these benevolent ancestors from the stars be they in, you know, flying saucers, so to speak, UFOs, spacecraft, and their images of themselves will be projected as holograms. And that dovetails into what we were talking about as far as Lady Gaga, the Super Bowl, the Intel ad uh, for the Grammys, and her being projected in a cube as a hologram. And we can get into that in a minute. But to stay with the question, the antimatter that is being observed is not is not necessarily being observed in our atmosphere. Some of them are, of course, because they exist everywhere around us, according to Dr. Santilli, but they are also being observed outside our atmosphere and therefore are not part of the chemtrail process or agenda. Got it. Okay. Got it. 
very good answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, the Beyonce, the Super Bowl, the Grammys, and Lady Gaga. I did not see, uh, the only thing I saw of any of these were, was the Super Bowl video of, of Beyonce JD put together. Uh, what, uh, so you said that the Grammys, Lady Gaga was presented as a holograph, uh, or hologram, a, a hologram in a cube? <clears throat> Yeah, uh, we put out a video just before the one that you're talking about in which we break down this whole Intel commercial for the Grammys. And she is sponsored by Intel, and she makes several statements in there that are, are rather ominous. She And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but this is pretty close to it. She says, I have the power to imagine the unimaginable. I have the power to invent the uninventable. Now, if you really think about the implications of that in terms of technology that she has at her fingertips, thanks to Intel, and I'm sure there are others besides Intel that are involved, she is talking about the revealing of the high technology that has been hidden for all these years that we've talked about and that they are about to reveal to us specifically in this case I made wait Jade let me back up a little bit JD and I had a little bit of fun and we kind of you know imagined that I had this dream of Lady Gaga appearing at the Super Bowl as a holographic image that was indistinguishable from that of a of a human standing, perhaps Beyonce or someone standing next to her. To the crowd and to the television viewers, the dream was that she would appear to be like a normal human being. And then all of a sudden, at the end of her performance, she would ascend to the heavens. That's Project Bluebeam. Now that didn't happen. We had a little fun with it. We got some, you know, you know, tongue in cheek with it, but. There's nothing to say that that might happen at the Grammys because she is presented as a holographic image in this commercial. But you can tell she's a hologram. It's translucent. It's kind of jittery and jumpy. It's what we would normally consider to be a holographic representation of a person. But the advanced technology is such, and this is where Project Bluebeam is, is that they will be presenting images, perhaps her at the Grammys, in such a fashion that you won't know whether she's real or if she's a hologram. And we've seen that in uh, past uh, musical performances. Uh, one that comes to mind was a, a summer rap festival. I think was, this was the first of its time that a hologram uh, of Tupac Shakur, the dead rapper, uh, mm -hmm. was projected in 2014, I believe, at a summer music concert and appearing as though he was on stage singing uh like he would be in real life and um you know if um, i'm sure if people weren't if it wasn't announced that this was a hologram uh you know it wouldn't be too hard to tell but it would have taken many people by surprise i think um mm -hmm. and that's what they sh they have shown us and that's what they have allowed the public um to be given now what capabilities beyond that they have that, that can project holograms and and uh, these images and how real they look um, in in their reality 
as their mm-hmm. technology is so far much more advanced than what they show us, I wonder, and what you mentioned about the projection of, of Jesus being projected across the world or, or Buddha or, or depending on the religion and the region, is that what you believe we've seen with, um, what is it, the, the visions of the Fatima? Fatima. The Fatima? Yeah, Fatima. And I think there were children in Mexico who, who, uh, and, and saw they, the Virgin Mary in the sky and Bay, Bay, uh, the, the, uh, Bay Harbor, I, whatever that was on, on Long Island. Um, yeah, it, it, could it be? And we've seen, uh, videos recently where other people have reported the same type of scenarios. It always seems to be in third world countries and places that are not, um, you know, they're more, it's more tribal than it is except inner for, city. Yeah, except for the one on Long Island, uh, of, but, but that was, I, I don't know, you know, I'll have, yeah, there was a video that they say, uh, uh, Jesus was, was, was in the sky, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, to a few thousand people in, somewhere in, in South Africa or in Africa. And, you know, we've been seeing more and more of these. Um, and this is what you're, what you're referring to as, as the, yeah. uh, yeah. Wow. And that's, I mean, just the, imagine the, folks, uh, the lying there. wonders. When she talks <laughs> about imagining the unimaginable and inventing the uninventable, does it not say in scripture lying wonders? Does it not say in scriptures that God will allow will allow every evil to be manifest, that every imagining of man will be allowed? Yeah. Yeah, it does. What what I believe that we're talking about here is uh compliments of Mr. Patch. Folks go to AnthonyPatch.com. Compliments of Mr. Patch through his work. We are getting insight into the back room. This is where all the, the projectors are, the technical uh, equipment is. It's behind the curtain, behind the veil. This is where all the machinations are not just planned out, but they're choreographed through this modern technology that you and I really don't know anything about. And we're getting insight into the deception, not not for any other reason. I mean, for the primary reason of being able to identify when we're getting hosed, folks. Yep. I mean, you know, we 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 got to know. It, it, it would. I, the more I I see this, the more I realize, and then you can comment on this. But the more I realize that we are going to be what we're what we're about to see, or we're about to experience the world that that is. I truly believe will convince even the most skeptic among us that hey. That's that's our savior up there. That is, this is real. I mean, that's what I believe. Um, it's going to be that compelling. It will be, and there is technology out there to back that up beyond just the images. But I wanted to mention real quickly before I go down that rabbit hole, in the video that we're talking about, Lady Gaga also talks about the wizard you mentioned, you know, you're getting a chance to see behind the scenes and, and see, you know, behind the projectors here. She is saying that we are going to reveal what's behind the curtain, and you will get to see the wizard behind the curtain, obviously a reference to the Wizard of Oz, but the wizard is Satan. She is talking about revealing Satan in all his glory, as they imagine him, and all of his technology. 
that they are going, they're telling us in this video, we're going to show you all of the lying wonders. They're going to manifest as incredible inventions, incredible imaginings that you have no idea about, but we're going to show you. We're going to show you everything that we've had hidden for the last 50 or 70 years that you have no idea. There's a part in Scripture that talks about men's hearts will fail at what they be, behold. This is, mm-hmm. and that's more to the opening of the abyss and, you know, the locust army and all of that. But still, this all fits in together. Again, I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm trying to lay out that they are telling us to our face what they're going to do. And they do it through the commercials. So whatever they have planned for the Grammys, because she says they have a secret project, she and Intel, that they are going to reveal at the Grammys. Now, it could just be some great computer system or whatever, but I'm imagining that it's going to be her indistinguishable from a real human being. Wow. And those people who are not aware of what show, I mean, imagine not being aware of this, just being so clueless. You're walking around out there, and the deception is much easier to those who are uninformed. We are going to have our work cut out for us at that moment to get people to to understand this is all just a big lie, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So well done. Mr. Patch, um, what's the significance of the cube? Ah, Saturn. Okay. The cube, the cube is a false representation of reality. The cube is supposed to be um, in Euclidean mathematics and geometry. It is supposed to represent all four senses and all four directions of measurement, including time, fourth being time. However, the, the, re, the real representation of the universe. They want us to believe in the cube. The occult, those that practice um, in the sacred geometries, they believe in the cube. But the real model of the universe, and this is what I put out, and you'll see it there on my website, images of a sphere that's comprised of triangles, more specifically tetrahedrons. What they're trying to present to us and I'm throwing a lot at you at once here, but they're trying to show us that what we believe in is that the universe is made up of cubes and that everything that we know in our senses is related to what we can measure in that cube, in that four-way representation of our existence, our realm, our universe. But the cube also has to do with the core of Saturn, the occult worship, the black sun, the golden age, the golden age of Kronos, they believe that their leadership, their fallen angel leadership, is trapped within a cube within the core of Saturn. And it is their goal to release those entities, have them merge with the entities that are trapped within the earth, within the abyss of the earth. And they will use CERN to connect Saturn to the Earth and use a plasma conduit of Birkeland currents that will connect Saturn and the Earth, thus recreating the existence or the uh, the uh, the atmosphere, so to speak, 
that existed in their belief of the golden age of Kronos when the Earth and Saturn were joined within a plasma envelope. They cannot reconnect physically in close proximity the two planets, but they can use technology. They can use CERN to reconnect Saturn to Earth. They can also reignite a plasma envelope around Saturn, which is the same thing that occurred during the Golden Age, and a plasma envelope around the Earth. And they will connect those two plasma envelopes using a plasma conduit of Birkeland currents generated by the Large Hadron Collider, which also opens the portal at the same time as this conduit is created. And the conduit will be used to bring those entities out of the cube within Saturn to the Earth, and they will have their golden age. In other words, their version of the Garden of Eden. Mr. Patch, um, you just kind of blew me away here because it was in 2013. I had a conversation with a, a gentleman who was detached but working for the United States government. As a matter of fact, uh, NASA, well, I'll just say NASA, which really is not true, but had associations with NASA. And we were talking, I had asked a question about, um, well, the conversation went into uh, astrology, okay, only because he had made a statement. And if you can expand upon what you just said, because I believe what you just said is key to something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Because I was told, and it's the first time I've ever said this on air, by this government contact, and I've not talked to him since. He said, obviously, and the conversation was paraphrased by the powers here on our, on walking on Earth, are transfixed with astrology and numerology and sacred geometry. But he told me, he said, you've got no idea what you're talking about, and I didn't. You have no idea what the importance of Saturn is to these people. That was the first time and only time I've ever heard Saturn referenced in this context. And Stan Dale said something about, at one time, the Earth being uh, joined with Saturn in a way, and, and that being taken away. And I, I do not remember all the specifics of that conversation, except for that detail. Well, there was discussion, brief discussion, of unfinished rings or something about the rings as well. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here? Can you can you help me out? Because this, again, I have not said this publicly, because I, I didn't know what to say. I, I've never really... Saturn? I mean, help me. <laughs> yeah, it does sound totally bizarre. And again, this is not my belief, and I know it doesn't reflect your beliefs for either of you gentlemen. But if people are familiar with the worship of the black sun, if we go to the Nazis, if you will... Um, the Vril, all of these societies. If you want to talk about any of the leaders in the occult societies, you go right down through the whole list, and you can go back to Egypt, you can go back to the Sumerian writings. All of this revolves around Saturn. We see this in corporate America, in the logos of corporate America, and not even corporate America, around the planet. Um, Saturn is revered. 
it goes back to what I mentioned as their belief in a time when before Saturn and even the Earth were part of what we now consider our known solar system, Saturn and the Earth traveled together, enveloped in a single plasma envelope, a highly charged electrical environment in which human beings lived on the Earth. And there was no sun, there was no night, it was always daylight. And the daylight was provided by Saturn. Saturn was the sun of the Golden Age. And the story goes that Saturn and the Earth moved into what we now call our solar system, and then the two planets were separated. And I can give you more details, but I'm keeping it short. It's the separation that has caused all of the problems with our planet, according to these believers. And it is their goal to solve the world's problems by bringing back that connection that existed between Saturn and the Earth back in what they call the Golden Age of Kronos, and Kronos is Saturn. So thank you for the explanation. That So that's a very good, concise explanation, um, the information that, that I did research. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of it out there, but that, that is concise indeed. Um, the, yeah. The... Let me ask a follow-up, one, one follow-up question. I'm going to turn this to you. The recent planetary alignment that occurred, well, not recent, but the Sunday, the planetary alignment, the five planets, beginning, I think, with, uh, what was it, Mercury? Mercury, Mars, and, Venus. And the five planets, yeah. Jupiter, Saturn, and Earth. Yeah. What significance, and, and I was told that this ha- this holds extreme significance uh, as if it's like a, t- a marker in time. Like a bookmark in time, mm-hmm. um, and especially given the rituals at the Super Bowl, you know, so some believe the rituals that we saw are merely nothing more than Black Panther, uh, Black Power, you know, um, limited to that. But, but others, like myself, believe that there is a much deeper esoteric message timed with the planetary alignment. Can, can you explain the significance of that planetary alignment uh, that we saw on, on on Sunday? Well, not not being a practitioner of the occult nor of astrology, it's difficult for me to give a definitive, in-depth answer, but I'll give you a very superficial conjecture on my part, and that is that there's another planetary alignment of the same planets coming up on May 7th. Um there are two alignments one takes place in terms of the closest planet and then the furthest away planet and then there is an alignment that takes place in terms of the names of the planets and these all both of these two types of alignments have occult significance I don't know what they are the conclusion that I come to is that it's a releasing of spiritual entities and it is a gaining of further power the purpose of the rituals such as the Super Bowl is to gain additional spiritual power part from the other side if you will from the demonic realm but spiritual power from those that are in the stadium as well as those that are watching on TV 
the television is a portal. This is all about gaining spiritual energy through the rituals. The other is the alignment of the planets, as I understand it, enhances that. It enhances that spiritual reinforcement of that energy. It heightens the power, if you will. But if we go back to the Intel commercial for the Grammys with Gaga, there is a um, there's an aircraft hangar, more specifically a dirigible or lighter-than-air or blimp hangar. There are three of them. This one is at Moffett Field, and I know this area very well. I grew up in the area. Moffett Field is right across. It's a stone's throw from Levi Stadium where the football game was played, where the Super Bowl was played. They filmed the video in that hangar, and when the doors at the beginning are opened, you'll see door number five on the left and number six on the right. They don't put numbers out there randomly. I believe that they're saying May 6th, which lines up with this May 7th alignment of the planets that's coming up. What's going to happen? I don't know. It could just be another ceremony to gain additional power. But I think that the Super Bowl was serving and this commercial was serving to say this is a warm-up exercise for something bigger that's coming. And it may be, I don't know, it, there may be something big that's going to happen on the next alignment of, of, of May 7th. Very interesting, uh, Mr. Patch. Uh, back to the, the black sun that you, you referenced, uh, we did a few shows on the cover and contents of the magazine The Economist and the uh, symbolism that they put in, in their magazine, especially on the cover and in the poster inside. Excuse me. And in there, there is a picture. There's a whole lot of things going on. One of the things that are that is going on is there is uh, the sun is blackened. Do you mm-hmm. see any any correlation or, or significance with what you just explained to the cover of was the economy? Was it the sun or was it the moon? I mean, I think it was the sun because it, okay, you, yeah, that's a twenty fifteen. Is that the twenty sixteen, Eric, that you put up there? Or that's twenty sixteen. Okay, you got. Sorry, I didn't mean to get out. Because and then the, on the right hand side there. Uh, is the the blacked out sun on the left hand sign is looks like the moon but it has a sign that says Jupiter yeah, and yeah. It points away. Yeah, Jupiter is a daughter a daughter planet to Saturn. The theory is that it was birthed due to a cataclysm, a a, um, a, a cataclysmic event, perhaps another body that impacted Saturn. But it's a daughter planet, and so the two are still connected. Their goal is. Ultimately, if they can do it, if they can achieve this, their goal is to electrically reconnect all of the planets. Now, the black sun, if that's the sun, I haven't looked at that in a while, but if it's the sun rather than the moon, then that fits to Saturn, exactly. And Saturn needs to be reconnected in their minds to Jupiter. Wow, very interesting. Folks, you see how all of this is coming together how Mr. Patch is connecting the dots and we're doing so um, with reasoned speculation and investigation research this is not just uh, uh, a bunch of stuff just thrown out there I mean th- this is this is looking at it from a number of different perspectives including the perspective of the powers the sick Luciferian powers out there that, that want to subjugate us very interesting uh, Mr. Patch if we could 
get back to CERN. We have a, a question from Deborah M., who asks this. Uh, if you could define what CERN wanted to find, what they are doing with it, and how we will find out. Hmm. <laughs> well, the major agenda, as I said, is to is to open a portal, as they admit, and to communicate with the other side and to have the other side communicate and actually pass entities into our realm of existence through that portal. Uh, it's a two, I call it the freeway. There are lots of portals around the planet, and there are many people who individually can communicate with the other side. But this is what I call the freeway. This is opening up the big portal that'll be stable. It'll be opened and maintained by the adiabatic quantum computer. Again, as I said, is an interdimensional computer. And they are going to let everybody come through this time. Um, the short answer here is that CERN not only is trying to achieve a portal, it has multiple agendas and applications, but they say that they were trying to find the God particle, the so-called so Higgs boson. This is all a cover story. None of this has any application to their reality. The, this is for public consumption. This is to justify funding. These are jobs programs. This is a military-industrial complex gone completely off the deep end in terms of jobs, money, all of that. But the point here with the technology is that they say they're trying to find, you know, particles that existed at the time of the initiation of the Big Bang. That's for public consumption. They're not only trying to create a portal, but they are trying to create the most powerful explosive in the known universe, which are strangelets, the quark-gluon condensate that I spoke of earlier. This is a weapon. The purpose of the weapon is to breach the fabric of space, which is a plasma. It has nothing to do with dark matter and dark energy. They know that the universe is electric. It's an electric plasma. They need to reach down at the quantum level to the strong force, it sounds like Star Trek, but there's a strong nuclear bond that exists at the quantum level between um, quantum particles. And they need to have enough power to break that nuclear bond. We're not talking about splitting atoms like a nuclear bomb going off. We're talking about using quark-gluon condensate, which predates in the timeline of the Big Bang predates the Higgs boson. So it is not the Higgs boson that is the original first particle. The first particle are quark-gluon condensates, known as strangelets, and those I call the Lucifer or the Satan particle. That's my own name. I call it the Satan particle because they want to use it as a weapon to break through to another dimension. The other characteristic of strangelets is that it has the potential of converting this planet into a neutron star. A neutron star is comprised of strangelets, which attract other matter to them, condense it much like a, the gravity of a theoretical black hole. If you imagine that scenario, attracting matter to itself, that's how a neutron star is created, is, are strangelets. Strangelets have been produced by the relativistic heavy ion collider, at Brookhaven Laboratory in April of 2014. They also created them 
at the Large Hadron Collider. Anything above 10 tera-electron volts produces strangelets. They have been doing that all last year. They have plenty of material now. That's why I think that they're done. I don't see that they need to utilize the particle collider for anything more than just opening the portal. And they have the weapons that they need, not only to open the portal, but they have the powerful weapon to use against God. Their agenda is to kill God's army in the final battle and to kill God himself. This is the hubris of Satan. Satan truly believes that he can kill God, and they are producing the weapons for that battle. You know, I was going to say the exact same thing. Okay, I was going to offer the same explanation. All right. But you beat me to it. Yeah. Uh, Ken, um, or I'm sorry, Ron had sent an email. And I think you just answered this, if I understand this correctly. It's the question relates to understanding how CERN is subdividing particles of, well, how they make the jump from that to revealing other dimensions. But I think you just answered that if I, I'm going to have to listen to it like four or five times, but mm-hmm. you just answered that, didn't you? They're going to blow a hole in the fabric of space. Right. right. Okay. Wow. Uh, again, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think tonight is one of the most important broadcasts you can listen to. Uh, please tell your family, friends about this, and, and also listen to this over and over again, because I, I don't think, I mean, just to make sure you get all the information from this, uh, and, and certainly bookmark anthonypatch.com and uh, support his work and pass the word, because this is extremely, I mean, critical information. Yeah. If I could, uh, Mr. Patch, I want to ask you to, to speculate for a second. Uh, in Revelation, we're told about a time in, in heaven where there's silence for 30 minutes. Are you familiar with that? Yes, sir. Do you have any theories or thoughts on to why or what causes that silence? And if so, is that related to what we're talking about tonight? Well, I hope I don't step into the realm of being accused of being a heretic. So, you know, I'm not a, okay. I'm not a scholar. I'm not a scholar. So if I'm out of line, I apologize up front. Yeah, speculation on my part. I think it is sort of the angels holding their breath. I think it's the preparation for war. I think the angels realize what's coming and they don't really want to do it. They don't want to get into this battle, and they know how bad it's going to be. But this is a spiritual battle. You mentioned, Joe, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you cannot separate the spiritual from the physical. I have said the same thing many times. This is a spiritual battle, but it has a a physical manifestation. And we know that that's a battle between angels on both sides in both camps and we know that it's also a battle between men and themselves brother against brother I think the 30 minutes is where the angels are kind of going okay we're going in we're going into the front lines and everybody's going to jump in because this is a spiritual battle we talk about putting on the full armor of God in a spiritual sense but I'm not trying to scare people but boy 
there is no way getting around it. We are going to war, and it's coming fast. Well, that's uh, just fascinating. Um, what you just said, the half hour in silence, the half hour of silence in heaven being that the angels are holding their breath because we do know, as you said, that uh, not only will Satan attempt to, to kill God and, and to uh, overthrow heaven uh, for himself, um, but we know that uh, he will fail in, in his attempt and the angels that are in heaven, it talks in the Bible extensively how around the throne of God are angels who wor- worship him constantly and sing his praises and all the different functions from the cherubim to and what they do and how the hierarchy of heaven is um, basically centered around uh, God and, and, and the worship of God and that's what ceases in, in heaven for the half hour of silence uh, all the, that worship and praise is, is stopped and I've never heard it explained in the way that you've explained it nor even thought about it myself as to why uh, it would be silent in heaven for a half hour and um, I'm going to continue to look into that uh, keeping your uh, speculative point of view very much in the forefront when I do let me know what you find <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, scalar technology, scalar mm. waves. Yeah. Um, Tesla. You know, Tesla. Right. Uh, Ted Rohr talked about this on our program before, and one of the one of our listeners had asked you, for your comments. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, man, I'm not even sure I could read the question. I'm not sure I understand the question, <laughs> but the. Um, Talk about being out of your element. The, the scalar waves that are created are, are created during our prayer connection to the Lord. Hmm. Um, are, are they? Number, I guess. Or could it be said that that um, scalar waves are created uh, via our prayer connection, like energy being created? Not. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the right even? Well, it, I mean, that in that fashion? Go ahead. Yeah, energy already exists. Um, the conservation of en- energy, the conservation of mass is well understood in physics, but if we're relating to what I said about quantum entanglement and particles being uh, able to communicate across vast distances instantaneously, and that is a representation of prayer between us and God or us and Jesus Christ as our intercessor, then you can also say, if we're talking about quantum entanglement of particles, we also have to talk about in the theory of wave-particle duality, in which a particle can be a wave and a wave can be a particle simultaneously at the same moment. They can have both forms. Then if we go from particle quantum entanglement, we're also talking about wave entanglement communication in a waveform or a form of energy, a frequency, a wave that has a specific frequency, would also represent that quantum entanglement. Because you can have entanglement of particles, but you can also have entanglement of waves. So our energy is connecting with Jesus' energy, just like our particles are connecting with the particles of Jesus. They're doing it at the same time, 
same process, same manner. We just describe it in terms of quantum mechanics, but in the Bible they talk about it in terms of prayer. I, I just realized I should have paid a heck of a lot more attention to Physics 101 um, as we're talking to the, about this. Yeah. All right. Because the, the 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 question here by Nicolette uh, also referenced uh, quantum entanglement that occurs when we actively put on the full armor of God daily, which I think by your answer kind of I get the connection here. Okay. Wow. The full the full armor of God in a physics standpoint is that the energy that is given to us by the Holy Spirit is a wave. That's a waveform of energy. And the full armor of God is a spiritual waveform of energy that surrounds us. It doesn't necessarily have to manifest as a physical particle, but it does exist as a wave that the Holy Spirit becomes enveloped around our body as a shield of protection, an energy shield. Star Trek, put up the, you know, the shields up, Scotty. This is real in the world of quantum physics. There is an energy field that surrounds every particle. There's no reason to say that it doesn't happen with us as a physical life form, that the full armor of God provided to us through the Holy Spirit, which is a waveform of energy, protects us from head to toe from the spiritual onslaught that comes from Satan and his minions, which are also waveforms of energy. Very interesting, Mr. Patch. With that, we are up against another top-of-the-hour break. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report with our guest tonight, Mr. Anthony Patch. Go to his website, anthonypatch.com, and you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, the official Hagman and Hagman Report, to see his latest videos as well as anthonypatch.com. We're going to come back with our third and final hour and getting into more of your questions for Mr. Patch on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter. Very special guest, Mr. Anthony Patch, anthonypatch.com. That's anthonypatch.com. You've got to watch his videos as well, of course. We were lucky enough to be able to feature on our website um, one of uh, a collaborative effort between J.D. Neptune Diaries and uh, uh, Mr. Patch, the video about CERN disclosure. Wow. It's 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 really it's a good video, folks. Before we get back to Mr. Patch, I want to mention that um, we've enjoyed a lot of things. You know, we're talking about the physics today. We're talking about certain science tonight. We're talking about 
biblical things, and one biblical thing that I've had the pleasure of experiencing, and, and I really want to pass it on to each and every one of you, is music. If you're sick and tired of being stressed, and if you feel stressed, if you feel overwhelmed and unmotivated, I, we do have something for you, and that's WholeTonesLive.com. If you feel like life is running you instead of you running your life, it, you're not alone. We feel that same way, too, oftentimes. Can so, we get uh, one earpiece to play back uh, guest audio and our audio and the other earpiece, earpiece to play whole tones during the show? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, i tell you, it, well, you, you can experience the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with WholeTonesLive.com. They've got a collection of proven music therapy that can help reduce stress, ease your mind, and motivate you. We firmly believe this after having Michael Terrell on our show some time back. If you get a chance, search that program out and listen to it, and listen to the scientific analysis combined with the biblical aspect of the the healing music, the music that affects your your stress levels, your your thoughts, basically your um, it can it can elevate you from depression. It can, in fact, Walter Reed Medical Center they're now treating our veterans with music. WholeTonesLive.com. This is the place to go. This You can download a free sample there at WholeTonesLive.com. You can be one of the many happy Whole Tones clients, one who has written this. I started playing Whole Tones throughout my workday. And you know what? Not only was I more creative and motivated, the work I was doing seemed easier and clearer. So go to WholeTonesLive.com. Go to the website. Download a free sample at WholeTonesLive.com. Support this broadcast this show and go to wholetoneslive.com that's wholetones that's w-h-o-l-e don't forget the h or w that is w-h-o-l-e toneslive.com and again our special guest tonight is Mr. Anthony Patch we are overloaded with emails I just want to uh, pass one email along here uh, this apparently is directed to Eric uh, uh, from a Gary J wishing you a long long and prosperous relationship with the Hagman and Hagman report apparently he just got the got the memo thank you for that Gary appreciate that um, also many many emails in support of uh, uh, Mr. Patch and his work uh, Joe I don't uh, Mr. Patch uh, first of all welcome back second of all before we get into listener questions, is there anything you'd like to start the hour off with uh, in this case uh, right now that maybe we didn't cover in the first two? Well, you know, there's a whole departure that we can go into, and that has to do with one of Tom Horn's favorite topics, and that's transhumanism, but even more specifically, this whole DNA revolution that's going on, what I call digitized DNA. Um, I wrote an article that I'll have up on my website soon. It's called In Silico. That means in silicon or in the computer. Computer modeling of digital DNA, be it human, plant, animal, life form DNA. And essentially, it takes transhumanism and goes to the perhaps the ultimate level, and that's creating any type of life form that your imagination can imagine. Hello, Lady Gaga. And create life. Ye shall be as gods. So I don't know if you want to get into that, but that's a whole other topic we could venture into. I'd like to, I'd like to approach that because that is really the, um, kind of the the cornerstone 
ye shall be like gods the I don't know gnosis perhaps but but the uh, um, what is it apotheosis is that what it is uh, it yeah. doesn't matter abiosis okay. there, abiosis. That, there it is okay that yeah. thing what he said yeah <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah. it's without biology is what it okay. means okay well, there is an apotheosis, I believe. But however, sure, sure. regardless, yeah, I'll stick with what you said. So, yeah, let's address that because I think that's that's what they're trying to do. We see this in the transhumanism. We see this all over. I mean, it's a cornerstone of just about their entire agenda, right? I mean, it really is. Oftentimes, the question associated with that that is posed to me is, why would these people? physicists, scientists, engineers at CERN or in any of the other scientific disciplines such as biology and and genetics and DNA, why would they buy into this? Why would they want to change human beings? Well, Lady Gaga said, and it's in this video that, you know, we've been talking about tonight, she, you know, seems to be the queen here. I mean, she's taken over for Madonna, but she talked about, and we presented the clip in the video from a... uh, a Tonight Show with Jay Leno from years past when she came out and said, we are going to birth a new race of beings. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, you're going to birth a new race of beings. How are you going to do that? Digitize the DNA. Grow it from the four basic building blocks, the amino acids of DNA. Grow whatever you want in the computer. Do it as a model. Manipulate it. Get it to where you think it's perfect. And then I'm being euphemistically here saying put it in a 3D printer and print it out. Um, that's, you know, sort of the short way of saying what they're, what they're doing and they are doing. Uh, they are growing human hybrid bodies. They are grow- already growing a new race of beings. Many people have said, and I'm sure you've interviewed people that have said that there are hybrids laying in stasis in hibernation in hidden government laboratories. I don't doubt it when we put it in the framework of science that is hidden from us, that is advanced 50 to 70 years beyond anything we have any idea of at this point, that there may be hybrids already waiting for digital DNA to come through the portal, courtesy of CERN. Digital DNA entities that will come through as a digital signal that will then inhabit these hybrid bodies animate them. They won't have a soul as we define it. They certainly are not of God, but these are creations from science. Now, are they creations beyond what God creates? No, because everything comes from God. God is allowing this. These are creations from matter and energy that God first created. So they're not really creating Yep, we might have lost them, Man. which is okay, folks, because we have backup plans in place, and our engineer, uh, Todd, will get him back for us. Wow. Uh, we have so many questions pouring in uh, from our audience uh, for Mr. Patch. There is just such uh, intrigue into this topic, and we've not only branched out from CERN, we're talking, you know, uh, Bible prophecy, we're talking... A whole number of of issues. Um, mm-hmm. 
and as I said, they're pouring in. Do we have Anthony back? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yep. That's can you hear right. me? Yeah, we yeah, can. Yeah, we can, loud and Good. clear. Good. Okay. We're afraid you got zapped, you know. <laughs> oh, it, the, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it just seems like every time I get into something really touchy, they just push that little button. Mm. Well, so, go ahead and finish your thought if if, if you, you, you... Well, it's to, okay. I'll stop there. Okay. All right. We got an um, interesting question here uh, from a Denise, and she asks, if we blow open the fabric of space and let evil entities in, can it also let in divine entities as well? Hmm. Very good question. I hadn't thought of it in those terms because I tend to go to, towards the nefarious and the negative on that discussion. But sure, I don't see why not. I I I don't think that that's really God's mechanism. I don't think that He really wants that barrier to be broken. I don't. He's allowing it for you know the purpose of judgment. I mean, we haven't really talked about that. But why is He allowing it? It's for the purpose of judgment. But yeah. I would go on to say that that the yeah. uh, heavenly entities, the good entities, have free reign uh, to mm-hmm. travel. It is those evil ones that are bound that yes. don't have the ability to uh, be let in or to come in unless they are let in. Kind of like the vampire stories, um, you know, you can't, they cannot enter your house unless you let them in. Well, that's the Actually. knowledge that we were not supposed to partake of. And now that we have that knowledge, uh, we're going to suffer for it. <laughs> wow. If I can jump in and re- uh, just let everyone know that Anthony Patch is going to be appearing at the conference in uh, the Prophecy and the News Conference in June. Colorado Springs. Yeah. Uh, wow. He's going to be giving three separate um, presentations. That's uh, Anthony Patch, the prophecy in the news in Colorado Springs in June. So mark your calendars accordingly. And one of our uh, sponsors, uh, American Survival Wholesale, the the owners, uh, Chance and Joan, wanted us to ask you this, Anthony. How does prophecy correlate with CERN, in your opinion? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big question. That's a big question. I think that in the short answer, CERN fits into the prophecy in terms of the opening of the abyss. Um, the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, you may have heard, um, is situated over what is considered to be the doorway to the abyss, the gateway, and that CERN, more specifically the machine, the LHC is the actual key to opening this doorway to another dimension, in other words, into the abyss. It is physically located at the site of an ancient Roman temple for the worship of Apollo, Apollyon. So they don't do this by accident. It is also the nexus, the conjoining of ley lines, magnetic lines of force, the ley lines around the planet. So it's gathering energy from the planet along with the energy that it derives from the collisions. And the turning of the key is the colliding of the particles and the use of the strangelets that I spoke of before. So this fits right into the book of Revelation, Revelation 9.12, I believe it is. 
Wow. Fascinating. Okay. Um, another question from a listener. Um, did the Nazis succeed in opening portals, similar to what Cern's? You had mentioned yeah. the real, uh, real and Nazis earlier on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, the Nazi bell. Many people have heard of Die Glocke, or I can't, you know, pronounce it properly. But the Nazi bell utilized a very primitive form of the same technology that's being used at the Large Hadron Collider. Now, specifically the physics, the Nazi Bell Project was for the purpose of not only opening a gateway, a portal to communicate with entities, but also for the distortion of time. They were trying to um, manipulate or distort the timeline, to alter the timeline. That was their belief. So the physics involved was red mercury. Red mercury was contained within the bell-shaped container. The mercury was spun at extremely high RPMs, revolutions, in opposite directions. Same thing happens at the Large Hadron Collider. The spinning of particles at nearly light speed in opposite directions. Think of the Nazi bell as the first generation of the Large Hadron Collider. That machine also generated synchrotron energies, gamma rays. And many of the first round of scientists working on the Nazi bell were actually killed by the gamma rays, and they had to bring in more scientists and so forth and so on. So when we think of what's going on with CERN, we need to be thinking about what happened with the Nazis in World War II with the bell project. This also has to do with the generating, the creating of torsion fields and I know you guys have heard about these and you've had guests on that talked about torsion fields this is one of the hidden components of the functioning of this synchrotron particle accelerator the Large Hadron Collider and the Nazi Bell they both created torsion fields torsion fields can create a portal and they can distort the timeline they can mess with if you will the fabric of time and space so, yes, they were trying to open a portal for communication to let small numbers of entities through to advance their Nazi agenda. Interesting. Very, very, very well explained. Their top secret projects, um, and I know Steve Quayle writes about this, the, the Nazi bell, um, it, this is just incredible. All of this is making sense now, or at least connecting the dots to get a larger. But, get, Let's go post, back just a, just go a little bit further. Think about Tesla. Nazi Bell technology was an outgrowth of Tesla's technology. Everything that was stolen from Tesla basically is being used by CERN today. That's the short answer. Wow. Okay. Uh, a convergence here of technology, right? Um, mm-hmm. What we're seeing today. I like to call it the coalescence. 
Coalesce. That's a, that's the title of the third book in the trilogy, If There's Time to Finish It. I keep talking about that, but, you know, I am so overwhelmed with research and so much information, as I said at the beginning of the show, that's coming in, that's being revealed. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish the third book because it, it would be a disservice to the, to the public that you and I serve. We need to get this information out. It's streaming into you guys and to me. We need to get it out in rapid fashion. There are a lot of people that have never heard anything about the topics that we've talked about tonight, but there's a lot more that we need to present, a lot more. And so I'm not going to be so vain as to try to publish a third book, but I do call it, I do call it coalescence for a reason, and that's what's happening this year. Wow. If you could, Mr. Patch, can you explain for those who may be hearing you the first time, um, your, the concept of Jacob's Ladder? That's yeah. good. I, I, yeah. yeah, please. <laughs> Help me out on this one. Sure. Remember the Birkeland Currents I mentioned, that they're trying to create a plasma conduit to reconnect Saturn and the Earth. That's Jacob's Ladder. There's a great website I really encourage people to go take a look at that I really credit with a lot of the things that I have come up with, the connecting of the dots that I have done, like you say, and that's the Thunderbolts Project. Thunderbolts Project is all about the electric model of the universe. They have some tremendous graphics in there, some great videos. They talk about not necessarily Jacob's Ladder specifically because they steer away from the biblical references, but they show the Birkeland currents in the ancient times, in the golden age of the you know, the golden age of Kronos. If you're standing on the Earth and you're looking up at the southern pole of Saturn, and it's connected by an electrical pathway, a conduit of two twisted strands, just like DNA, twisted strands of charged particles. They're oppositely charged particles that form a twisted pair, much like telephone lines, that travel out into the heavens between the two planets. When you're standing on Earth and looking up at Saturn, it looks like, almost like a pyramid, an elongated pyramid. It looks like a ladder ascending to the heavens. And that's how it was described in the ancient times because they could not describe the physics that I just gave you a thumbnail sketch sketch of. I'm going to need more duct tape to wrap around my head to keep it from just exploding. I mean, this is... The information here is... is wow. A lot of stuff. And, and I know wow is... That's my wow. go-to. That's my go-to word. Yeah, that's my go-to <laughs> word. All right, um... So I love the questions. Love the questions. Yeah, we're getting so many questions here. Um, the um, I don't even know where, where to where to go with the questions. I, I guess the oh, Joe, Joe. I mean, do, do you have anything over there? Because I don't want to over overtake. Uh, I have a question here. Not sure, uh, Mister Patch, if if you have an answer to this or or want to comment on this. This is from Lois. She says. In Revelation, it says they will seek death and not find it. I'm glad you went there. And she asks, is this because they will not be entirely human? Yes. There's there's two things happening. 
it's describing the hybrids that we mentioned a moment ago, but it more specifically, let's go to DNA. Our DNA already is being changed, courtesy of not only GMO foods, but our environment, the pollution, the radiation from Fukushima. All of those things are factoring into it, but deliberately, our DNA is being changed at the molecular, but more specifically at the nanoscale, a billionth of a meter scale. Our DNA is being changed by nanoparticles that we have inhaled, ingested, um, absorbed into our bodies. There are some interesting literature that I was reading just today that came out in 2013 that said that um, they expect in 2013, by the end of the year, that 88% of the human population will have nanoparticles, these nanoparticles in their body. Well, you can certainly extrapolate that and say in 2016, 100% of the population now has nanoparticles in them. Specifically to the question, this is changing our DNA. There are particles that are actively changing our DNA right now. There are others that are laying dormant. The dormant ones will be activated by microwave transmission. The microwave transmitters are satellite-based and Earth-based and also drone-based. Now, there's a, um, a book company, I'll call it, that is going to be making deliveries by drone. You know, I'll probably get in trouble, but... You know, there's nothing to say that drones won't be equipped to have small microwave transmitters in them, as well as satellites and cell phone towers. The purpose of transmitting these microwave signals is to activate the dormant nanoparticles that reside in every person. What is going to happen is that people who have not made the choice to accept or, excuse me, to deny those that refuse to take the mark of the beast. And we can talk about rapture and, you know, left behind and all that. But if we're talking about people that are still here and have to make the decision whether or not to take the mark of the beast, those that do take the mark of the beast will not have the protection of the Holy Spirit that we talked about, will not have the ability to be shielded I mean, from a physics standpoint, they will not be shielded by the Holy Spirit from the microwave energy. The microwave signals, the energy, will activate the nanoparticles. They'll change the DNA and change our minds. And therefore, will also, for a short period of time, these same people will appear to be immortal and they will be deceived into thinking that they have achieved that grand goal, that promise of Lucifer from the Garden of Eden, that ye shall be as gods and you will live as an immortal god. And for that short period of time, they will think that they've achieved that goal. What's Okay. Yeah, yeah hold that thought. <laughs> Sorry, I tend to overload no, you guys with too many no. topics. Okay, so I guess my question at this point would be: if, if our DNA, and and I and I'll stipulate that I believe it is, is being corrupted and changed, not for obviously not for the good, but for the for the worse. 
This is the same set of circumstances that happened as in the time of Noah, correct? So, I mean, not not using the same, or who knows, but regardless, God won't let this happen again, right? Well, like in in Daniel, it talks about the end times where it says, and they will... uh, as iron mixes with miry clay, they shall try to cleave, or they shall try to mingle their seed, but they shall not cleave, saying almost that they they won't, they will try, but will not be successful in merging That's right. again. That's right. It will not be successful. Short lived, short time frame, short battle. They lose at the end of the battle. So the okay. corruption of our DNA will be done away with just like in the days of Noah alright so j- just to be clear to the believers out there to those who have given their lives over to our Lord and Savior and have the armor of God um, what you're saying if I, I if I hear you right is they, we, us collectively and individually we're, we're not going to be affected right or we're not going to be here to be affected? It depends on your theology, so to speak. If you adhere to the doctrine of the rapture, then we will not be here. And those that are left behind, who then need to make that choice to accept the mark of the beast or not, if they accept Christ, they will be protected by the Holy Spirit, by the full armor of God, from the electromagnetic signals, the microwaves, that will activate the dormant DNA, the dormant nanoparticles. Gotcha. Very diplomatic answer, by the way. Okay. That's very, okay. Yeah, how can we tell, or can we tell, Yes. that our DNA is being changed? Is there any way to tell? I mean, simple signs? Sorry. Yeah, I think that, that already we're seeing the signs in the terms of the greater degree of cancers that are spreading around and also the genetically modified organisms and viruses that are being spread around the planet. Um, So we're seeing those things happening. Many of the, quote, pandemics or smaller outbreaks are all genetically modified viruses. These are man-made constructs that are then released for reasons of testing spreading, testing human reaction, um, testing the human um, behavior models to see how people deal with the spread of diseases. And then it it segues right into the whole discussion of vaccines. Um, Many times, you know, the pandemics are created on purpose to get people used to seeking their government and vaccines for answers, for solutions, for protection. But what's coming, there is no vaccine for. Hmm. The video that you you and um, J.D. Neptune Diaries did, Anthony Patch, folks, is our guest, anthonypatch.com. The video that you did on CERN and Disclosure, you mentioned the Internet of Things, the smart appliances. And, and, you know, now it's come being made known that... um, you know, the TVs and the various appliances can, in fact, uh, send signals back to or communications back to a, a database. Oh, yeah. But 
how does this fit into everything? I mean, if you can take this a step further than what you addressed in your sure. video, how does this connect into everything? Is, is this going to, going to be the the mechanism that uh, the market or the uh, antichrist will use to mm-hmm. stamp everyone? This is the mechanism. Um, many people have heard that CERN was the start of the internet. It was the building block. It was. It was the start. It was the purpose of distribution of scientific information and data to laboratories around the world in a collaborative process of running experiments. That is still being done today. Um, CERN is the beast system. There's a lot that I can add to this, but in short answer, CERN is the beast system. The internet is the World Wide Web. Um, that has entrained and enveloped everyone on the planet now. It is the control mechanism. In Scripture, we hear that if you don't take the mark of the beast, you will not be able to buy or sell. Well, the Internet is the marketplace. You will not be able to have access to the Internet, to the marketplace, unless you are part of that beast system. So part of this is being connected, quite literally, every person on the planet to CERN. Now, I keep saying CERN, and people think, you know, maybe that's, you know, just over the top to put everything under that umbrella and and to connect everything to that machine. But you've got to understand that the Internet is CERN and vice versa. The distribution channel for scientific research from CERN, just to step aside for just a moment as a footnote, when they collide particles, they generate massive amounts of data. That data is distributed through what's called the Energy Sciences Network 5. Um, That is a fiber optic system with incredible throughput. The system that is coming is called the Helix Nebula. Helix, just like our DNA helix. Helix Nebula, you talk about a cloud-based server system. Now we're talking about nebula level. Go from cloud to nebula to the cosmos in terms of the server system, the size of it, the data crunching that can take place. You have a European system that will be, that is being connected to the United States and all, basically already is, but implemented around the world is this Helix Nebula system. That is the data distribution system for all commerce in the world, not just scientific data. This is connected to the computer that I keep talking about that is artificially intelligent. The Model 2048, there's the title of my second book. The Model 2048, a diabetic quantum computer in 2015, in February, it was released by the manufacturer, made public. The thing that they left out was the fact that it is artificially intelligent. In 2010, the manufacturer said by 2016, we will have an artificially intelligent quantum computer that has the equivalent processing power of 7 billion human brains. Now, they in their press release in February of last year said, yes, it does have 7 billion, the the equivalency of 7 billion brains. They left out the AI component of it. This is the beast system. That computer is connected to CERN, to the Helix Nebula, to the ESnet5, to the Internet. You now have an artificially intelligent computer that is running the Internet. I'll stop there.
<laughs> yeah, you think you? <laughs> I thought I, I thought I knew. I thought I knew stuff. Okay, it's no coincidence. Seven billion, the the um, uh, power of seven billion brains, or the capacity, right? I mean, that's no coincidence. No. Correct. Right. That's that's right. So, so, so don't forget it's interdimensional. Don't forget that component. Yeah, let's throw that in there too. Okay, that makes me feel alright. Alright. Uh, uh, wow. Anthony, this question is from a, a regular listener and caller named Charlotte. <laughs> and they ask, when do you think the elite first got serious about starting CERN and reconnecting to Saturn? Or is this a continuation of the building of Tower of Babel? Bingo. Right on the head. Tower of Babel. Continuation. It's been the agenda, it's been the goal, it's been the movement of technology, it's been the seeking of that higher technology from other from the other side. It's the Aleister Crowley, it's the yeah. Jack Parsons JPL. It has been the seeking of this higher technology that the Tower of Babel represented more and manifests itself more in a spiritual way than it did in a technological way. The Tower of Babel was a spiritual outreach to the other side. That was destroyed, and they were left with having to seek nuts and bolts technology to reach to the other side. And yes, most definitely, this goes beyond the 1954 breaking of the ground at CERN, Switzerland. That that device, that whole agenda for CERN initially was for the modeling in the computer of nuclear explosions. They they couldn't, you know, with salt treaties and uh, and uh, nuclear test ban treaties, we were not allowed to detonate warheads above ground or below ground anymore, and in particular in the atmosphere. So they turned to computer modeling. That's what CERN was created to do. It was for the purpose of modeling atomic warheads and advancing that. The purpose of atomic, and people probably don't know this, but the purpose of the atomic bomb wasn't to blow people up. It was to tear a fabric in space. And that's what CERN has always been about, tearing a hole in space. I remember, um, and obviously I'm too young to remember when the atom bomb was developed and how they announced it and rolled it out, but the scientists, I, I know as much from watching documentaries and reading history, that the scientists were concerned that the... Uh, exploding the atomic bomb would ignite the whole universe, had the potential to ignite the whole universe, kind of like CERN had the potential to open a black hole and destroy Earth uh, in one foul swoop. Yeah, they were worried that it would ignite the atmosphere. Um, Stephen Hawking, physicist extraordinaire, came out a couple of years ago and said, I'm concerned that they that CERN, the LHC, will not necessarily create black holes that will get out of out of control, which was his early concern. He definitely had an early concern to that. But he was more concerned that they were going to create bubbles, vacuum bubbles, that would immediately, at the speed of light, envelop the Earth, possibly enveloping the entire universe as we know it in a vacuum bubble. In other words, taking what we consider to be the known universe and inverting it changing it into a completely different state of matter and energy 
that's what he was afraid of, and he is coming out and did this two years ago and said, don't flip the switch. You don't want to be communicating with the other side. You don't know what's on the other side, and even if you do, you don't want to have come through into our realm of existence what is on the other side. He's deathly afraid of this machine. All right, that's telling. We we have a, a, a an academic, a scholar that uh, is. I'm not going to give the name out, but uh, everyone would know his name listening to this program, wanting to know uh, or wanting you to address, if you could, um, the positioning of the Vatican hierarchy right now, specifically the Jesuit Pope Francis. The timing of that and the intent of that, ultimately, the intent of that, um, beyond mm-hmm. perhaps what you referenced earlier? Well, the Vatican runs the world. People don't realize that all law, common law, everything stems from the Vatican. And the Jesuit system of the priesthood coming down from the Pope, we talk about the pyramid, the Jesuits run everything, so to speak, and it moves on from there to your politicians and your bankers and your corporations. Everybody takes their marching orders from the Pope in the final analysis. And that's why you see governments like ours fawning over the Pope when he comes to the United States. Um, he's the false prophet. He's the one who's going to be standing next to the Antichrist. And it's the one that is in power right now. And they're tied into physics. We see that with their Lucifer telescope. They have all of the occult practices, the scientific knowledge hidden away in the Vatican that is being used at CERN. Tesla only touched on it. Tesla only got a little bit of it. Everything that is being used today comes straight out of the Vatican. I think that's probably where, where that, uh, where that person wanted you to go. I mean that that's, yeah. Um, all right. So you made a statement in that answer about the Antichrist, and I think you referenced that Antichrist being in power, the one that's in power now. Is that referencing the Antichrist or the one that's referencing? The, I was you, referencing the Pope that's in the Pope. power. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, then, that would stand to reason that the Antichrist has got to be visible right now or in in a position of power or a position somewhere, right? In my my belief, speaking only for myself, I believe that we will be raptured and then the Antichrist will be revealed. Whether you're talking pre, mid, post, rapture, you know, trib rapture, whatever the discussion is, but we will not know his identity until after the rapture. And those that are left behind will then know who he is. I believe he's alive here on the planet right now as a fully formed person, not as a spiritual entity any longer. And, uh, you know, I don't know who it is and that it would be Ridiculous, and it would be heretical for me to even try to sure. put a name to who he is. Well, well, no, I, I think I think what you said though is sufficient. Um, 
I think that that gives everyone, myself included, kind of an idea of the time period in which we live. Because looking at the Vatican, the position there, the false prophet, and then of course, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so the time is late. The time is very short. One, I would, agree. You know, I so agree. That, and that would compel me, and, and I mean, everyone should understand that and take that as a warning because we need to get right. We need to understand the time is short. We need to um, not just play our positions, but also to turn ourselves over to uh, uh, to, to God. Um, and, and I think that's really the most important message here. Wow. Right. It is. It is. That's our purpose. Our our mission, our goal, I'm speaking for myself, but I think I can easily embrace this with you guys, is that we're not here to make a bunch of money, sell a bunch of books, scare people, pontificate, make ourselves look more than what we are. We are servants. I've been through the stripping down and the humbling process in my life and down on my knees before Jesus Christ. I know you guys have as well. It, it's just... It's like saying, you don't need to go through all that. You don't need to go through all the things that we've been through to get to where we are today. If you'll simply operate from faith that Jesus Christ loves you, God loves you, God has a great sense of humor, he's laughing at what's going on, even as terrible as it all looks and portends to be, he does have a sense of humor in the sense of he's laughing at Satan and his minions. We all encourage you, Joe, Doug, myself, JD, we all encourage you guys to really take to heart what we're saying, that this is the God's honest truth, what we speak here, and our mission is just to save souls. It's as simple as that. We're here to save souls. Amen. Yeah. Mr. Patch, we got about 10 minutes uh, left in the program. Uh, one question here I'd like to ask. What is the UN's role with CERN? Well, UN functions to further the agendas. People want to talk about the Illuminati and secret societies and, and even the Vatican, but they really are nothing more than just a, a mouthpiece. Uh, for the politicians and the corporations. They really hold no real power. They really are ceremonial. And behind the scenes, the occult practices are put into practice in the halls of the United Nations. There is a temple to Satan in the United Nations headquarters. There are murals in the headquarters, much like you would find at the Denver International Airport. There are murals that depict the future of what is coming to this planet. That is nothing more than a Luciferian organization, as a short answer. Okay. It's funny you mentioned the Denver Airport. I mean, it's relevant, obviously. Um, not the murals, the, the, um, Artifacts that are not for our benefit, but for the opposition, for the uh, Luciferians, the bad guys, so yeah. to speak, right? And we were actually there once, and we didn't get to see the murals. We were uh, coming from Montana and catching a connecting flight from Denver to Cleveland, and we saw these holograms or, or hieroglyphs 
all throughout mm-hmm. the floor, all over the, the airport. We didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to see the murals and whatnot. But mm-hmm. there were, you know, just like you would expect to see in, in the Giza pyramids, uh, mm-hmm. these hieroglyphs. All it, it, was, it was strange, wasn't it, Joe? It I mean, was very strange. It, I mean, they had there was no rhyme or reason for them to be there unless there is much more to the Denver airport than we are led to believe, which we know there is with all the symbolism that is open and and, and that has been investigated and um even the the uh, deity Anubis, the god of death, the horse was brought in mm-hmm. and set up there. And, you know, but th- those hieroglyphs, the, those really bothered me because we 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 didn't know what they were, and and uh, that's one thing that's not talked about too much when the Denver airport is brought up. But what's it's their purpose? A, that's a well, as we know, that symbols have power. They have power to channel negative energy, evil energy. That's a temple. We know that underneath the airport are the so-called deep underground military bases. We know that that place is just a, you know, an amalgamation of of tunnels and and uh living quarters and essentially a city residing beneath that. And that's all been presented by people much more knowledgeable than me. But that essentially above ground functions as a temple to Satan. They are telegraphing in the murals what's coming. We've all heard and we all know of the the theory that they have to tell us ahead of time. They have to tell their victims ahead of time what they're going to do. And the murals serve that purpose. But the the markings on the floor are spiritual and ritualistic channeling of power into that temple. And that is where the elite will gather in the final days, and they believe that they're going to be safe there as they ask and they beg for the rocks, the mountains, to fall upon them to seal them from the wrath of God. Now that makes sense to me. Yeah, and and about the symbols, you said something very important. Uh, symbols, if, if we want to talk about alphabets and, and the language, uh, were the original language, especially of the mystery religions, that lived on from Samaria and Babylon through Egypt till today. Uh, this is what, you know, Freemasonry uses and, uh, mm-hmm. these other secret societies. This is how they communicate by these symbols. And Correct. they have, uh, a vast importance in, in the, the world of secret societies and, in the Gnosis aspect. Um, and this is why oh. we see them today. And, and the logos from the TV, you know, from Columbia to, uh, NASA and and they all serve purposes and they're all spiritual in nature. They communicate to the other side. The entities that already are in communication on this side with us, they communicate through those symbols. That those are doorways. Those are gateways of communication. The symbols represent power and they represent information conduits. And we also have not the same, but we have the similar idea at CERN in which we have the ancient Sanskrit and Hebraic and Chinese cuneiform Egyptian writings that are on papyrus and animal skins and are presented and displayed behind curved panels of glass within the headquarters at CERN. I mean, people know about the statue of Shiva that sits outside the headquarters, but many people don't know about these writings 
that are inside the headquarters. These are used in the rituals that are conducted, just like the video put out by CERN called Symmetry early last year. That's a ritual. That is all about communication. And these papyrus and animal skin writings are for ceremonies to um, enact sounds and frequencies, to initiate sounds and frequencies for op opening the portal, and for communicating instructions to the other side from our side. So, yeah, symbols are very important. Very interesting. We we have about five minutes left, uh, Mr. Patch. I'm going to turn it to you. Well, about four and a half minutes left. I'm going to turn it over to you. Anything that we haven't talked about, touched upon, that you'd like to really get into, well, or like to address here before we, we close, please do so. Um, and, and even promote whatever you would like to promote. You have free reign. Well, I think, you know, you asked the question about halfway through this evening, you know, what kinds of things can we see that will tell us what's going on when we're talking about nanoparticles and DNA, but also the physical environment itself. We're seeing the planet being terraformed. We're seeing earthquakes and volcanoes like we've never seen in recorded history. This is tangible evidence that the planet is being changed from within. It's being changed by what happens at CERN. It's being changed by what they produced in the form of uh, strangelets. And what they're, the magnets of the machine also affects the magnetosphere. We didn't talk about the magnetosphere and the and the changing of the electromagnetic um, energy of this planet and the Schumann resonance and the electric model of the universe and that versus the cover story, which is the gravitational model of the universe. There's a lot more that we could get into that's going on that we haven't touched upon, but the basic idea here is that you can look around the planet and you can see the evidence of evil at work. You don't have to believe me and Doug and Joe or anybody else. You can go out there and see it yourself. Ask yourself, is it a good thing that we have more earthquakes of, of large magnitude and um, volcanoes going off like crazy around this planet? Is it a good thing that we still have Fukushima spewing radiation all over the Pacific and killing the fish and the wildlife and about to kill many, many humans on this planet? I mean, is it good that science is terraforming? Forget global warming. Science is changing this planet for the purpose of creating an environment that will support a new race of beings. They truly believe that they're going to create their version of, of heaven on earth, the new Garden of Eden. They're changing the planet, and that should be enough to get people to wake up and say, okay, science is wrong. The direction that humankind is going in is wrong. We need to turn to someone else for the answers. And the answers come from the Bible, and the person to turn to is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Mr. Patch, we made it through another three-hour broadcast, and it has been uh, such a pleasure as always. We hope to have you back on. We could do another six hours, show. Another six hours, yeah, yeah. or another <laughs> three to make you know six, or another six to make nine. I mean, it's <laughs> wow. No, when we uh, 
We thank you for your work, Mr. Patch, your your dedication, your research, the uh, intensity in which you do this, and uh, and and the product and the result that that comes out from it. It is very informative. It is something an area that uh, you've been then chosen to to take up the mantle and and to move forward with because it uh, far exceeds our understanding and uh you're the perfect man for the job and we just appreciate your hard work and and, and your ability to uh, help us well, understand yeah. what's going on oh well, I, I, I appreciate that. that and thank you but you know i'm just here to help that, that's well, i'm just a servant of god and i'm just trying to help and if what i do is helping people then so be it that's cool you really put things in context tonight. This is a, a, a tremendous program, Mr. Patch. Until next time, I just want to say thank you so much. We want to give you our regards and our thanks, and uh, we will be in touch again. Thank you. Thank you, and God bless you and your audience. God bless you as God well. God bless you too. Joe, um, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. In case we, you know, it's we, we had mentioned, you had mentioned uh, American Survival Wholesale. Look, folks, time is short, and I do think there's a lot of real estate. At least it'll seem like a lot of real estate between now and perhaps a time that it wouldn't matter anymore. So let's prepare. Let's prepare. Do it now. AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. I wanted just to make sure people understood that, that, you know, hey, with all this stuff, we still need to prepare. Absolutely. HealthMasters.com. Go ahead. HealthMasters.com. Tomorrow night we'll be joined by Dr. Michael Lake, author of The Shinar Directive. Can't wait for that. He's got his latest book. Um, he's working on his finishing touches, and uh, really excited to talk to him about that, as well as uh, the continuation of the Shinar Directive. On behalf of Doug and Joe and our point man for programming administration in the southeastern United States, JD of Neptune Diaries.com, our director of communications from New England, Rhonda. RondaBless.com, our news director rooted deep behind jihadist enemy lines of America, Joe Charles, producer and director of studio operations, Eric the Tech, and Todd from Global Star Radio Network. God bless each and every one of you. Hilt Remember to settle for battle. We have left the building. Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>